All right, now you got it. So you have live live feed from all three mics. And you're streaming live, so whenever you're ready. Just making the adjustments so people have the link. What'd you think? Mm. <laughs> Sweet. I should always have these things like preloaded, I'm sorry. It's how does this work? It live streams, but then you also record it and then edit it and publish it? Yeah, so we'll record it and uh, record it, have it go live on YouTube so that anybody wants to tune in right now can tune in. Oh, cool. And then uh, I'll just be able to piece it together tonight. I don't do much cutting, honestly. Cool. We basically just ask really very provocative questions and then chop your answer up right. to make you sound like you're a bigot. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. I'll try to give you some good material. <laughs> live welcome right. to dreaming dob episode four cool what's up john chilling man i'm excited to do this <laughs> <laughs> it's your first time on the podcast right yeah well glad you come and pop in hang out with us yeah it's always weird to hear your voice too <laughs> 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 so uh this is a show about celebrating the dreamers people with vision cool. people with long-term goals all right so that's what we're going to talk about tonight uh, for anybody tuning in, listening in, tonight's guest is John Barr, artist and native to Wilmington, North Carolina, correct? Yeah. Born and raised, right? <laughs> That's right, man. Before being an artist, you were an engineer? Yeah, studied mechanical engineering. Where at? Uh, Georgia Tech, down in Hotlanta. Hotlanta. <laughs> yeah. Um, What'd you leave that for? Um, well, I was always, like, a visual person, so they kind of, like, suckered me. I wanted to be uh, an ambassador, actually, <laughs> so I went down there, like, as an international relations major, and then they are just like, this is an engineering school. I was like, well, it's kind of silly to, like, be at this great engineering school <laughs> and not be an engineer, <laughs> so, but the mechanical program was, like, very visually oriented in the beginning, like, drafting and... I should have probably gone with industrial design instead, <laughs> but they kind of hooked me, you know, with the drafting and like 3D modeling. 
and then the rest was all just torture it was math <laughs> but the visual part i liked and then that kind of led me to designing like buildings in 3d that was kind of the route i went in, in in construction like big construction projects like baseball stadiums and stuff like that and you worked with it for a little while afterwards right? yeah we moved to dc it's like three years and uh at first just worked out in the field as like a little office engineer person but then I got into, it's called building information modeling, where you take like a bunch of different trades, they all model buildings and or model their trade in 3D. And then I would take all their models and combine it into one big like file. So it's kind of like navigating through like a video game, but of a building, but you get to kind of see it built, you know, in 3D space before it actually gets built. And they use it a lot to like find problems in the design before they encounter them while they're building it because it'll cost a lot of money if they have to fix it you know out in the field because everybody has to stop they have to fix it and it's just like money's just burning you know so we did it on the computer first um like identify any issues and then try to resolve them before before you encounter it in the field but it was all visual based so like i really liked i mean it was just cool because you get to see this building you know before anybody sees it and at the time it was relatively new in like the construction field so it was awesome just to kind of be at the forefront of that and be like I mean I was presenting it to like these five-star general people you know and like I was just some like 25 year old kid in there they're like this looks like my son's video game you know (laughs) but that was cool and then they threw me in the office for estimating, and that's when I said, peace. <laughs> so you mean taking those plans and figuring out what it was going to cost? Yeah. I mean, I think they were kind of grooming me for the corporate ladder, you know, because you got to kind of be well-rounded. Oops. And uh, I think a lot. Oh, there it is. Um, so you kind of have to, like, go through all the different programs Uh, and facets of that business but I didn't really want to do estimating you know like they're like it's gonna be two years that you'll be here and I was just like man it's two years of my life I'm not (laughs) (laughs) but you know and that was just how it is like you kind of climb the ladder there become a project engineer and then hopefully one day like a vice president or something but I actually read The Alchemist I don't know if you've ever read that book yeah I read that on the way back I was in the metro, and I think like it was like my second day in the in the office and estimating, and I like my boss kind of was like this dude I'd worked with before that I didn't really like, so I went to Barnes and Noble, bought that book, like read it on the way home, just like finished it that night, and I think I called my dad and I was like, I'm gonna quit <laughs> and move back to Wilmington and. <laughs> But I was like, I didn't have a lot of friends up there because it was a new town and I just worked a lot, you know, so I'd like work friends, but, but I was, you know, I had that creative side in me. So I just go home and I like kind of self-taught like my self-illustrations and like started learning, like actually programming music a little bit and would just go home, you know, be in my apartment (laughs) in the suburb somewhere and like, and just make stuff and and it was on the internet a lot, you know, getting on the internet a lot, seeing what other creatives were doing. So that was kind of just like, you know, like, okay, well, if I'm going to do it, this is the time. 
and everything kind of lined up like my job finished I got transitioned into this new part but I wasn't like too involved yet and like my lease was ending so I was gonna have to move somewhere else uh, which is like this is the time to leave right now so I did <laughs> and then you found yourself back in Wilmington right I came back here with the intention to start like a clothing company but I really because I designed like a t-shirt in DC and just self-printed you know and like it was one of the first designs I ever did but I had no idea you know like I nobody taught me business like I just you know studied math and like computer programs <laughs> so that was kind of just eye-opening you know like actually the studio I'm at now that was my first office but it was just like a big storage space like all these stacks of old files that were my dad's and he's like well you can work in here and but I had no idea what I was doing still kind of learning you know photoshop and illustrator getting better at it but but I didn't really know so I ended up staying here for a couple months and then I took off to Paris because I've got a bunch of cousins that live there really yeah so I went and stayed there for like three months you know until my visa ran out but that was really cool just because Paris is an art city you know so just being around there like being inspired everywhere you go pretty much and um so that was just kind of eye-opening and part of you know I think art is all about a journey so that was just kind of part of it <laughs> gun and and seeing that and just taking everything that's where I like I got it more into photography because yeah when I lived in DC I like bought my first camera and started you know just I was actually like kind of shy of taking pictures so I'd go out and like get drunk with my friends and bring my camera and then I'd feel like better about it you know and be like yeah man let's take some pictures and like it's a lot like being a musician yeah <laughs> it's like oh, that's all you guys come over we'll party and yeah <laughs> once I've had a few me I'll play some music yeah exactly <laughs> so but I got more comfortable with it you know so and then being in Paris just seeing things I'd never seen before and then it was cool man actually like one of the coolest pictures I took was uh I snuck into this graveyard this famous graveyard there where like Jim Morrison and stuff are buried really yeah so I met this Peruvian guy at like three in the morning I was like come on man let's and he was like let's go to the graveyard I was like all right um so we went and we had to and there's like a 20 foot wall so I had to like climb this tree but the dude was a little heavier so he couldn't <laughs> like I just monkeyed up it you know and <laughs> And there's, like, spikes and stuff on it, you know, but I was, like, kind of, you know, had a good buzz, and <laughs> I was like, screw it, man, I'm just going to pop in here. So I jumped in, and the dude, like, he couldn't get up, he couldn't climb the tree. I was like, I'll, I'll try to open a door and let you in. And I, like, went into this graveyard, and it was, like, pitch black, you know, so there's no lights in there. There's only, like, light pollution from Paris all around it. And it was, it was kind of freaky, man. Like, the dude ended up ditching me. Cause he couldn't get in, so and I just met him like an hour ago, so he just like left, and I was like, "Shit, man! Like I'm stuck in here," <laughs> and I wasn't sure how I was gonna get out. And then I just had this moment of peace and just like walked around. I did have my camera, so I took these pictures, and it was like one of the first photos I ever sold, like for a good amount. But it was just from that weird experience. <laughs> And then somehow, I don't know, man, got out of there and, like, didn't break my legs or anything. But 
but a lot of good material got a lot more comfortable with photography i guess <laughs> over there because there's you know you get to see i think travel is important especially for the any kind of creative person because you got to get out and you know and see different things we get kind of stuck in our bubble and see the same stuff all the time mm-hmm. so yeah and then i came back uh i guess worked a little bit here i didn't i wasn't really doing that much to be honest just kind of partying i had like money saved up you know and then i had the opportunity to go to la my sister lived out there and it, it was right in the arts district before it kind of like blew up now it's all like condos and like expensive galleries and breweries and stuff but at the time it was where a lot of artists live we had like um there's like this austrian artist that we had this huge bakery like former bakery like took up a whole block so i did all the marketing and like design for we did a reclaimed furniture but like higher end reclaimed stuff so i got to do all the photography I like kind of went there to do their website, even though I'd never designed a website. <laughs> but I kind of taught myself code and and just put all to you know put together all the marketing stuff. But just being around all these artists, you know, like Skrillex grew up right there. So my sister dated him for a while, actually. No, yeah, no, <laughs> but really? it was but it was uh yeah he actually like crashed at my apartment in D.C. once. Is he cool? I didn't really see him that much. I only hung out with him for a couple hours. But, yeah, he's really cool, like, super high, like, energy just constantly. And um, I think he was doing, like, a personal music project. And he just started kind of, from what I hear, like, DJing before he would go on stage, you know, with his band. So his band, I guess they kind of, like, and he was, it was called, like, his name was, like, Sonny Moore Band or something, I think. But it was crazy because from his little DJ sets that he did just for fun to, like, you know, get the energy up, like, he just really started exploring that more. And I remember my sister sending me, like, something he made in GarageBand. I was like, damn, like, this shit's good, man. It's like a Michael Jackson remix or something. And then he just, like, exploded, like, years, you know, a couple years after that. It's like touring the world and making millions of dollars. <laughs> you know? I have to ask, you know, how does your sister feel? About what? About that? About him? Just about Skrillex in general. Oh. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what, you know, happened between them, but, but he, like, came and visited here. I mean, he's he's a really nice dude. Just in the in the terms of, you know, just... Is he still down to earth now that he's blown up and become this incredible musician? Um, I don't know if she like still talks to him like on a regular basis. She's like married now and stuff. But (laughs) (laughs) just curious. Yeah. But um I mean I think with anything like that, anytime there's fame, like it just gets crazier, you know, because you gotta hang out with other people, you know, and those people are usually pushing you to like do stuff so you can't I don't know I just find I mean and you probably read it a lot everywhere but you know that you're the average of the people you hang around oh yeah so you kind of like as you start to level up you know and that's kind of been important for me like you know I used to just in my 20s I I didn't party at all in college 
or even when I was young. So after I like left my job and had a bunch of money like saved up, that's kind of when I partied, you know, and I'd hang around all these people that partied. But I just didn't move forward, and it was kind of actually moving out there and then being around all these creative people that, I mean, that you know, we would party, but they would also, like, I mean, they were really focused on what they were doing, whether it was music or painting or whatever that, that was. And then even working, like, at the company I was with, that guy was super passionate about, he was like a cabinet maker in the beginning and then got a bunch of reclaimed wood and was like, I'm just going to make something beautiful that I like, you know, and from that, he, like, put it on Craigslist, like, a picnic table that he designed or something, and it just blew up, but, like, he was all about his work and, like, constantly designing new things, so so just to be around that energy, you know, and people like that, and that's really, like, when I do my best work is usually when I'm hanging around other people that are pushing the envelope, you know? Yeah. I love the, um, the energy that people who are focused give off. Yeah, for sure. You ever hear the story of uh, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett's first encounter? Uh-uh. It was Bill Gates' mom had invited Warren Buffett to dinner and said, told Bill that you, you have to meet this guy. And, you know, Bill being all about computers, didn't want anything to do with some finance guy. <laughs> and But they'd agree, they, you know, he agreed because his mom, you know. Um, and she had them do an exercise where they would write down on a note card the one thing that they attributed to their success, summarized in one word. Yeah. And when they both turned over the flashcard, it said focus. Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the big ones I encounter, you know, is just there's a lot of distraction and and it's kind of weird. I don't know. It's a creative person. Sometimes you have to be sort of solitary, you know, and lock yourself in just to, like, do the work, you know. Although you can collaborate sometimes, which which is a cool thing, too. But, yeah, it's just these periods of intense focus when, like, things really happen. But I feel like that's, you know, a flow. Like, you get in that state. And I mean, time disappears if mm-hmm. you're really in it, you know, mm-hmm. but then you get out of it and then things happen and there's, there's a lot of distractions so you just got to kind of recognize them, push them away and focus on what's important, but it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. It's really hard sometimes. What's the biggest distraction you have to fight um, day to day? I don't know, I guess just finding a balance, like, I'm a new dad, so having, like, that, you know, trying to balance, you know, where that was supposed to be, and then the hard part, too, sometimes is, you know, like I said, the artistic journey's not always an easy one, (laughs) you know, and it's, I mean, it's been hard to, like, just kind of get myself established and now you know people recognize oh you talk to that guy he's an artist and can do something for you but then operating that as like a business you know to actually pay your bills and mm-hmm. you know maintain your life mm-hmm. like because they're two separate things you know like creating is one thing but then marketing and getting yourself out there you know social media does help I mean I battle with it but it works, you know, if I, like, start putting a bunch of stuff up on there, people, 
like, oh, man, I've been seeing what you're doing. Then I do get those, like, hey, man, can I get a print of that? Or how much is that one? I'm like, damn it, I need to stay on here, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> it will, uh, you know, it does help. But sometimes just that part, you know, the business part, I had this, I don't want to do this, but nobody else is going to do it for you. <laughs> You know, I think there's some artists that are lucky maybe, like, to get a gallery that really, you know, that's their job. Or, you know, actors have, like, agents mm -hmm. that will, you know, get their name out and and do that. But you kind of have to do it yourself in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, almost all of those guys had to yeah. pay their dues before somebody would step in and help them tackle that work for them. Yeah, so it gets, like, easier, but it was just hard you know, in the beginning to to kind of figure out the balance between that. Um, and I'm still learning every day, you know, what's the best way to, like, market myself and treat, you know, treat it as, as my job because that's really, you know, it, in the beginning it was just what I wanted to come home and do, and that's kind of what I did. But at some point you got to just jump into it full time and, and and it's hard to like explaining that to people you know because mm -hmm. it's like well the art is not going to make itself you know like if you're a lawyer or a salesman or whatever you, you got to go to your job and put in the hours to do that you know and I've had to, to put in way more hours just to like hone my skills and learn them and you know so sometimes people see it like oh man well you don't like go to nine to five and like no, but I'll spend 10 hours, you know, <laughs> like developing an idea and like, um, so I don't know. We'll see you, man. See you. Thanks, uh, Chase, for running sound for us all the time. You're the man. Anybody who hasn't listened to Chase Johansson's new uh, single, go check it out on iTunes. Cool. <laughs> but I think, yeah, man, the the balance of work, life, you know, and, and then all the the things like in those <laughs> yeah that's been like the biggest challenge and then sometimes just getting in a rut you know like not inspired every day so overcoming inspiration yeah as a as a motivator yeah is i don't i don't, I don't necessarily want to say the hardest part but one of the most important things as an artist yeah if you can't pick up your vessel whatever it is pen guitar drums and put in time yeah. each day you're not going to get anywhere yeah. if, you, if you wait for inspiration yeah you, you just you yeah. so much missed opportunity waiting yeah and i think that's the you know sometimes i just force myself to like okay you know make some coffee and just draw something you know it doesn't have to be perfect i don't have to show it to anybody but just in the exercise of doing it or or whatever it is you know it's just just to do it do you, do you find that playing with multiple mediums helps you um like overcoming that like getting bored with something you know like well today i'm sick of pen and paper i'm yeah. gonna move to paint or i'm gonna move to um you know the projection mapping yeah kind of sometimes I mean, I think I'm just, like, curious in general. Mm -hmm. So I want to, like, when I see something or, like, I like to explore all these mediums. Sometimes I wonder if, 
you know, they say like you should find your niche or whatever. But I don't totally agree with that. I think, you know, and the hardest question sometimes like, oh, what kind of art do you do? And it's a hard question to answer, you know. It's like any, everything is kind of art, you know. I've always had that problem with (laughs) my music. What kind of music do you play? I don't know. The kind you listen to? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've figured multimedia is what I say now. I like that. That's like the best, I guess, (laughs) answer that I can come up with. But, yeah, because I spent a lot of time in front of the computer, you know, doing the digital stuff. But then there's, you know, it's weird because it never feels totally real and tangible. So then it's nice to jump just into, like, a drawing or a painting, you know, where it's in front of you. You see it. You're using your body, you know, not typing or something like that. So I like, and then combining those has, has been really cool for me. And, um, yeah, <laughs> but, and it's just so cool now, man, the technology is just moving so fast. So actually I'm doing a, a show about Cuba and like the art in Cuba next Saturday. So if okay. you're around, you gotta I'll, come check I'll it out. There. I'll be there. And, uh, but a friend of mine, he was at the last show. I don't know if you met him, Matt Dula, he's a, he was a tall dude. He's like uh i guess introducing like cannabis here in wilmington but as you know like the cbd stuff mm. and kind of i think poisoning himself for when hopefully they do legalize it mm-hmm. but he has like a media company what's it called um he has what was it the there's like a the main company i think it's called christmas in july it's a CIJ. Does it have social media or anything? He does. He's about to send me like what the official name is. I'll let I'll let you know when I get it. I okay. can't because I have to. Put, I'm gonna put it on the flyer. But he hooked me up with a like a 360 camera um, when I went to Cuba. So I got a lot of footage of that. Um, so we're gonna have like some VR headsets set up for that show. Uh, one of them was really cool. I wasn't. I'd never used it before, so I wasn't sure I captured the footage, but I'm in, like, in a convertible driving around in Havana, and there's, like, you're, you're in it, you know, like, you'll be in it with, with virtual reality, so that's kind of exciting, just, you know, to be able to show that to people, because everybody here is, you know, like, oh, there's those cool cars in Havana, and, like, but you can, you're actually going to be in the car, you know, <laughs> like, and you can see me, like, next to you, <laughs> but, so I'm excited to, like, explore that, you know, that portion of it, and, and collaborate, you know, with friends, and, and I like, like, his whole business, you know, is they're trying to, you know, he's, like, asking questions, like, to politicians, to, you know, the local, the local politicians about, you know, what's, what's going to happen, you know, with cannabis here. Um, but I like that cause it's, you know, I think art is about that too, is, you know, you get, you gotta get people to ask questions. So many people just accept things as they are, you know, we don't have people that are like, Hey, like maybe this isn't right, you know, or and I think art does that to a lot of people too. You know, some stuff is offensive, but then you gotta ask, at the end of the day, it's not like the artist's fault. It's a reflection of your own self, you mm-hmm. know? 
why is it offensive? Why do you find it offensive? It's probably how you grew up or there's something inside of you that is making you feel that way. Might have been the artist's intention to try and get you to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like that. Um, And just seeing people's reactions to it. And I'm excited for this show because a lot of the artwork in Cuba is uh, like depictions of, of the people, which are predominantly like Latin and black. So a lot of that is, you know, reflected in their artwork. Um, so we collected a bunch of pieces that I have to I have to frame them this week. <laughs> Actually, I'm like, I had to roll them all up and bring them on the airplane. They usually I dress nice. I don't know if you ever like experienced like when you fly. Like if you dress nice, you get treated better. Mm-hmm. But it was really hot, and we had like half a day to walk around before we caught our plane. So I was dressed like really shit, you know, like in shorts and a t-shirt, <laughs> sweaty. And then I had to hop on this plane and have like a shower to go to because we checked out of our place. So they like stopped me like the whole way down, man, like every airport (laughs) in Cuba, then in Miami. And I've never gotten stopped by customs, but I got some cool like pieces. So the lady there like (laughs) unrolled it. She like called the other people. She's like, check out this, this artwork. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited to show this. That's cool. Yeah, it's going to be good. You know, I've actually never had to go through customs. Never? No, I've I've flown a good bit, but um, always growing up, it was my, my granddad had a plane, so every time we'd fly, oh, sweet. it was just like <laughs> flying in his like little four-seater. Nice, man. Um, and then the only time I've ever been in like your traditional like jet was for Bolden, and so Dan put us on a private uh, yeah. charter. <laughs> it wasn't a private jet, but a private charter. Cool. And so like... We didn't have like really any security. Nice. <laughs> so, I don't know your pain, but I mean, I'll consider your advice and make sure I yeah, dress up if I do. It's not bad. Actually, my roommate in college, he uh, he had a girlfriend in Thailand, and he would just like go visit her, and it you know it take him like two days to get there. Um, but he told me because he, he'd fly on standby because I think his dad was a pilot, so he could fly for free, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, man, just wear a suit because like you always get on <laughs> i was like and he was right i mean if you dress up like people just treat you better <laughs> yeah i remember when i first cut my hair just like the little things like going grocery shopping just the different looks that you get from people yeah it's funny yeah it's weird appearance it's like one of the things i like now that you know i don't have to go like get my hair cut for a job you right. know and i grew it out when i worked in the field and I'd catch like you know I'd catch shit from like the superintendents and stuff you know they'd be like cut your hair man tuck in your shirt <laughs> <laughs> which I understand but I was like uh, like life is not about cutting your hair and tucking in your shirt <laughs> no, it's not. sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do yeah my uh, my granddad always said there's a uniform for every job yeah for sure. That's why I like right being now, an artist, man. This yeah. is the uniform. <laughs> yeah. In fact, if you tucked in your shirt and had short hair, people yeah. might not look at your art the same way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, it's nice. I mean, I actually think I am going to cut my hair soon. Really? It's getting a little... It just takes up a lot of time, man, to Gosh. manage it. <laughs> so... I went out my hair was that long. I, I always had strain. I could feel it pull up because yeah. I would put it up in a bun all the time. Yeah. And so I could just feel the weight of the hair after it got down to yeah. it kind of like 
shoulder length. Yeah. Or a little, I guess, past shoulders. Dang. <laughs> yeah, it was long, man. When I first came back to Wilmington, I got, yeah, it, was, it was definitely down. Uh, like 18 inches <laughs> it's Maybe weird a longer. and i like let it out sometimes and i never understood this but i'll let it out you know like down i'll be at a bar or something and then people will just come up and like touch it you know yeah, and i'm like you had like don't touch me i don't know you <laughs> you know and they're like wow you know and i'm like they just feel like that's okay and i don't, I don't understand it you know it's like i don't go up and hey buddy rub their head but for some reason but I've heard too, you know, like it's it's power sort of, you know, like the Rastafarian guys and stuff, right. like they keep it up, but then they'll like when they go on stage and perform, you know, they'll take it out and and it's like your power that you have to contain or something. <laughs> but but yeah. Music's better with long hair. Yeah. That's <laughs> for sure, man. Fact. <laughs> Guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> and then so how's your history tie into like your current vision of your future my history yeah like you know i like always the that saying you know you can connect the dots when you look back oh um because you've you've had a very diverse you know kind of yeah i guess you know it's kind of neat just like i said i've always been curious and engineering really you know the whole thing i took from that even though like I said, it was a lot of math and I didn't, you know, I didn't particularly enjoy doing all that. But what I did enjoy is it's all about problem solving. And mm-hmm. you kind of learn that there are many ways to arrive to a solution. You yep. know, there's no one correct way. There's a lot of different ways you can get there. So in hindsight, like taking all of that, you know, and that was like five years of my life, you know, in school, just doing all, you know, labs and it's crazy math that I can't even tell you about. You know, I don't even remember it. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was hard. But it was all about like, you know, facing those challenges and like, how do you take these things and then get to here? And even now, you know, like my own dreams. You know, I mean, yeah, I want to live a certain lifestyle and figure out how art is gonna like allow me to do that. But it all is coming full circle, especially you know the projection mapping Mm -hmm. and the 3d design, the virtual reality, like those are all things that are engineered by, you know, by really smart people. (laughs) So it's kind of taking those tools and then incorporating the creative aspect. So it has come full circle, you know, I kind of left it. I was like, no, that's something different. I want to be creative, but I like now that, you know, technology being more accessible, and and just growing so fast that you can take that stuff and now incorporate it, you know, with creativity, with art. And I'm excited to do, like, more things with that, you know. Like, I really like the idea of, like, visual, like, hacking people, you know. <laughs> I remember I posted a, um, there's no, like, you know, wall or murals or street art downtown. And they're not, they don't allow it, really. There's just, like, I think the one... Uh, the dolphin one, you know, <laughs> and I did do one in the alley by in Sla- by Slancha. Um but technically, like they're not allowed down here. So, mm-hmm. a project I worked on a few years ago was just taking some illustrations and designs I did, and 
and mocking up walls, you know, around town. And I'd post them on like Instagram and put them on Facebook. And I had people literally like tell me like, I just walked there to go look at this and see it. And it wasn't there, (laughs) but I love that idea of, you know, like people see something, you know, and it looks real and like, and almost you want it to be real. Like the polar bear you saw down there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love those photographs. Yeah. Those are good. And then the same with, I think, the projection mapping. You know, I think that's a cool... And that actually came out of... There was a big wall, that level five building, you know, downtown, Mm -hmm. Masonic building. Mm -hmm. I used to live above the Irish pub, and there was a rooftop there. So I'd go up on the roof and, like, look at that wall... Like, man, it'd be perfect for, like, a piece of art, but there's actually, like, not an easy way to get up there because it's in an alley, so you couldn't really, like, fit a lift in there. And then the roof is some weird roof for that. uh, There's a theater up there, you know? So I don't think you could really, like, suspend down from it. So there was no easy way I could think of to, like, if I ever were allowed to paint something, like, how would I actually execute that? in that spot and from that somehow I think one day I've been like drinking with some buddies and I was like let's go try this so we like I'd painted on some glass and I had a light so I shone the light through the glass and it projected it up onto the building I was like whoa like this kind of works so then eventually like I bought a projector somewhere down the line and then started like projecting images up there it's like this, you know, and that was kind of a cool moment. Just like this was the solution, sort of, you know, like painting with light. Yeah, <laughs> like not exactly, you know, like what I envisioned, you know, like a real painting, but but I'm still putting stuff up there, you know, and now putting like anything, you know, that I can think of. So it was cool one day because I mocked up that wall too, like in a photograph, you know, and had posted it. So it was cool one day when I actually like projected it like that same image up there and I was like look ma I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool. So yeah, I like that idea and I like to see where the projection mapping will go and just incorporating technology in general. I've been doing one now there's a like I know you're getting involved in real estate. I don't know if you've seen the, the company Matterport that does the 360 i keep seeing you posting those and i yeah my friends uh who are doing a deal with cadence down i don't don't know maybe it's him who's doing that or not but i saw i'm seeing more of this 3d mapping going on yeah so i actually got to go meet the founders of that company i was working with um of which one of the company that does builds the camera that does those um that does those models okay so we were trying to do it for movies actually we were scanning the like locations and building like a location library Uh, i was working with two guys here in town um and he actually ended up the movies dropped out you know and it was like kind of sucked because i think they headed down to atlanta or they wanted to go to atlanta i was like so we kind of parted ways but it's been cool because he ended up like leaving that and pursuing virtual reality and now projection mapping, so it's kind of like we parted ways and now I've come back and like I think there's going to be opportunity for us to work together again. But another friend of mine uh, does, he works in construction industry, 
and he bought him and a partner bought this camera and are actually trying to use it for construction related things which is you know my my background so uh he has the camera now and he's come to a couple of my art shows and and i actually got him i was like well what if he scanned like an art show you know because then you have a living working model of an actual gallery you know or something that you can explore in that physical you know in that space and they keep developing their their technology so i'm actually about to launch i scanned the artwork that was at the show you came to in the space but you can like tag all the pieces and like hyperlink them directly to like your store so it's kind of going to hopefully be my new format of how online store you know like amazon where you just right this one you actually like go in the model you know you're able to walk around and right now it's really being used for real estate you know so you can Mm -hmm. navigate through a house to like and they started incorporating this feature probably to tag features in the house you know like Mm -hmm. stainless steel appliance you know or whatever but there's so many uses for it. And uh, at the time when we met with the founder who we went to Silicon Valley to go meet with them, like they didn't know what they had. They just developed this thing like, well, you can use it for whatever you want. So it was kind of open-ended and now like kind of developing my own thing. But it, I just see it's cool. Like all these experiences that I've had, you know, doing the marketing out in LA, the engineering, you know, working with the film stuff and then in my own personal art stuff but it's all coming together in some weird way and like I'm getting to use all of those skills that I've gathered over the years and put them together somehow you know and that feels good because for a while I was like man maybe I just wasted like six years of my life doing something (laughs) right but it's all come full circle and you know and I think actually it gives me kind of an advantage over you know some other you know, I have friends that went to art school and and stuff like that, and they, you know, they're not, they're amazing artists, you know, traditionally, but they're not maybe as technically savvy or don't have, you know, the business skills, um, but they're amazing artists. They might not realize that uh, applying those business skills to art is a hell of a lot better than working in a cubicle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You put a little perspective on it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's one thing that, like, I hope they start integrating more. I didn't go to art school, you know, to engineering school, but something I see with education, too, is that it grooms you to, like, go work in a cubicle. You know? Yeah, they don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it's because my father owned his own business. But I just always remember, like, you know, like, that's not, that's not what I've, like, sought in my life, you know, is I think you have to create, like, create the thing that you want to do. And then by reading and other stuff, too, you know, it's like, nobody's going to just hand you what you want. Like, you have to figure out how to get it, you know. And I think from what I've seen, some of the artist friends that I have, like, they get out of school and they're super excited. They love school. But then they get out into the real world, you know, and it's like nobody's going to, like, just allow you to be in a room and create whatever you want and mm-hmm. give you the supplies. Like, you have to go sell yourself. You know, you have to go provide value to people. And, and it sucks because I see they end up, you know, going to 
work somewhere else to pay their bills. Right. And then their the art takes a sideline. But I don't think it's because they're taught, you know, the skills of that. But I don't know if that's something you teach. Maybe that's just something that comes through experience that you have to learn, you know. It definitely starts with a desire yeah. to want to do that. Yeah. Um, there's also, a, I, I think, a pretty big trend in the art world for the creation of this image of getting discovered. Like things like American Idol really play into that. Yeah. That you're just going to get discovered and somebody's going to pick you up and you're going to get that amazing deal and like, you're not going to have to worry about any of the trivial side of things yeah. like business or anything. You just work on your craft and I, it's like a pipe dream. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people are waiting for that when it doesn't happen. Um, there's two ways you can see that. You can see that as, oh man, I was wrong. See, that is, I, the reason I'm not getting discovered is I must not have any talent. There's that old saying, though, like, hard work beats talent, you know. I think any the, day. Yeah, any I think day. the lucky ones that are really talented maybe the right place at the right time, you know, but I think that's... Few, yeah. Very few people. Yeah. Very few people. The other ones is just, like, if you constantly produce work, you know, and you're always doing it, like, you're, you're, something is going to happen. You know, right. you can't just, like keep doing it and doing it and doing it and nothing happens like the more you do it it's going to cause something to happen and you're going to keep getting better so and that goes back to you know like can't sit around and wait for inspiration all the time no no you have to self to do it yeah and it might be the what you make today is garbage yeah. but that's fine you at least you got up and you tried yeah you did something and you get up the next day and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again and you might make garbage for two months yeah and then you know one day it's really good yeah or maybe that uh piece of inspiration comes you know yeah. and now your your tool your body your mind everything is so well sharpened because you've been drilling yourself yeah. for eight hours a day for two months that when you actually do get a piece of inspiration you can actually actualize on that vision more than you would have yeah otherwise uh, i remember when i was in visual art class you know the importance of just picking an i mean inanimate objects still life yeah i mean it's it there aren't pieces that i would want to define myself as but god if it's not great practice yeah you know mm -hmm. looking at something and going so like these blueberries in front of us you know picking out the lighter shades from the darker shades and realizing you know what you might say is white and blue at first is white blue pink yeah orange you know and how you all use all those different colors to create the blue right yeah and I, it's been cool for me like because i think you know that's the one thing i didn't go to art school and i know artists that are able to, you know they they see that stuff and i'm like totally like not you know, but I'm learning kind of just by doing, you know, and, and it goes back to, yeah, you just, just do it because you start to learn, you know, and there's mm -hmm. self-taught artists, but yeah, if you do it this way, or if you start with this color and then build on it, it'll eventually lead you to that color. And one thing I find too, is just like getting into that flow state sometimes, you know, it's like, I have an idea and then I have to like stop because it'll, like all of a sudden that idea will lead to like 10 more 
you know i'm sure music too mm-hmm. is like you start you know playing with something and then it like like well it could go this way so but it just it happens because you're doing it you know so that's the big one and i think a lot of people just like give up you know because it doesn't work out right away and that's you know what i attribute i guess to this you know those little success that i've had in my life is just because i haven't given up you know there are plenty of times and i was there man just like filling out my resume you know it's like all right i gotta get like a real job this this isn't gonna work anymore (laughs) but i'd get to the bottom you know of like writing it and then being like well like i'm trying to sell myself to somebody else to prove you know my worth but like and like spending hours and hours creating this and then just getting like well what if i just spent these hours like actually doing something that i like that i'm good at and like figuring out how to make that work um yeah (laughs) but it's been just persistence you know i mean it's not easy that's for sure and it's just you know really is this what i really love to do that's the only reason that i've stuck with (laughs) because you know been like practically homeless you know like no money like totally broke and then just you know something comes through but it's because you stick to it Mm -hmm. so that's like the biggest the biggest one (laughs) it's just don't give up you know especially with your dreams and stuff like you have to you have to fight for them nobody's gonna give them to you (laughs) it's the truth that is the truth and then and have a big dream i I think that's really important yeah have a big dream something that i've uh like encountered in reading and then talking to people you know about like success and things like that um and it does help just like reading and then you know again like the people that you surround yourself with you know it's like like the successful people you know you have to seek out you know and having a mentor and stuff you know i haven't had like a really like one that i keep but throughout my life i've had different ones you know like the guy that had the furniture business the dude when we're doing the location stuff you know he was like he's just constantly trying to like ride this new wave of technology but like just to not be scared you know not to be scared to walk into a meeting and ask for what you want you know and like and i remember somebody told me this quote of some sort but it was like you're gonna you're gonna expend the same amount of energy like going for something small as you will for something big i live by that so you know might as well go big that's something i keep trying to remind myself is to like just think bigger you know like because you you know can just like think of the small thing you're gonna work hard and work hard to get it but you're really like spending the same amount of energy you know where you could be pushing towards something bigger so i try to live my life by that yeah believe in it 150 percent yeah 200 percent 10,000 percent like it is the same amount of work going for something big yeah as it is going for something small also like having a big goal because what do you do when you achieve the small thing and you then you're yeah. faced with that like what am i gonna do question and yeah, what a what waste of next? time like wondering yeah. what you're gonna do next you know set the goal the target so far out of reach yeah that every time you have a great success and it doesn't mean to not value 
these smaller successes. Yeah. But every time you have one, it's like, cool. I'll celebrate for like a minute and be feel happy about it, but like know that there's still work to do. And so yeah. you don't like, you don't just like get a wave of excitement and then start resting on your laurels. And then after that burns off, you go like, well, I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I gonna do? Yeah. What's my purpose? What What's my passion? What am I gonna chase after? Yeah. And yeah. I think too is like technology and like I see it sometimes with businesses, you know, that they like somebody finds a model, you know, of like a good business model, whatever they're selling, whatever they're dealing. And they've, you know, at the time it's successful, but then they don't adapt. You yeah. know, they don't adapt with the times. The blockbuster, you know, you hear that story all the time that, you know, Netflix approached them and they're like, yeah. nah. And then they've, you know, they eventually like disappear because they didn't keep adapting. And I think, you know, that's something you have to be aware of too is that don't be complacent yeah you know even when you reach that level of success that you know you dreamed of once that Mm -hmm. you know like just keep keep trying to push you know and go yeah and just go bigger um and i think too is like you know you reach the mountaintop and like yeah i reached the mountaintop but then then what you know, you got to find another mountain or... Right, the fun part was climbing the mountain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the view is nice once you're at the top, but... Yeah. But the... The journey. <laughs> yeah, the satisfaction. It really, and I love the journey. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, like, that's the part I think that I have to... You know, you have the goal, but really it's like... The, that's the whole... You know, it's how do you... How do you get there? The great the thing about a good the, goal is that it puts you on a path yeah that is an interesting fun path yeah you know what i mean like if your goal was on this lower level there's a shorter path and so maybe you take more time and you get less of a view along the way yeah you know if you decide you're going to climb a quarter of the mountain you decide you're going to climb all the way to the top of the mountain you're going to be taken in all different types of the mountainous terrain just to get to the top and then you get the view at the end yeah and the the journey is actually going to be more exciting and more fun yeah by putting the target higher yeah yeah no i love that that part about it and that's you know where all the learning happens and where you know the self-discovery the Mm self-awareness you know like you push and see what you're capable of Mm -hmm. and yeah i think that's just important yeah and something i try to like sometimes when i work with artists that i feel like don't have as much experience or something is just to kind of tell them like just just think big you know like i know you're starting out and you know the small accomplishments are good but just try to like how can you make it bigger and something i have to do for myself too you know it's like how can i incorporate the those technologies how can i do something different that people haven't seen yet you know and like push the envelope of what and that's the coolest part you know and i get do a show and people come and like holy crap man that was like insane you know yeah, <laughs> that's like the best show you did was awesome thanks man you had like uh, you had improved mapping yeah of the room that was a lot of fun yeah i really want to do a building i've been like because and going back again you know how the history ties in but mm-hmm. he used to design those buildings right. you know and put all those pieces together and that was you know like using cad and you know architect construction specific software 
but I have like these new like it's like Cinema 4D. It's like modeling software, but for animations and but but trying to model an actual building, you know, and then manipulate it and make it do some crazy stuff and then project that. So that but it's tying back in, you know, to like I have to build it in virtual space, you know, and then project on top of it. So so it's cool just how all of that you know, that former stuff that I thought was gone is is all coming back. I think I'm gonna do a start with a fireplace. Like a cool I don't know if you remember at the, at my house mm-hmm. as a fireplace with the columns. Just to do a little model of that and project onto that and like see what crazy stuff I can do. Like that. Yeah. And that's been the fun part, man, is like I am doing all these little experiments, you know, at the studio, at You're my like house. You're a mad scientist. Yeah. Man. You're driving by and, like, see something weird coming out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. You're like the, you're like the, just the tower in the downtown. Just, like, where just, like, laser beams are shooting out of the freaking glass. <laughs> yeah, That's cool. I love it. I love it. Love it. Man, it's getting cold in here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go put on the heat real quick. Okay. <laughs> friend's group is yeah it's cij holdings but the the media group is called canaverse media and it's on instagram um i don't know if he has a instagram i'm sure he has some kind of social media um i'm just gonna go real quick yeah so um i got a buddy of mine who he's coming up we're doing a 420 episode oh sweet he's got um he's in the cannabis business he's um yeah uh, cbds as well okay um they should meet how has your friend started growing yet yeah he has a okay. i think a farm somewhere here in north carolina okay and then kind of outside yeah would you say it was called canna cannaverse cannaverse media media Yeah, that's a really cool market. Yeah. Well, I think it's just cool, too, because, you know, here, I mean, you have California and Colorado that are, you know, legalized to whatever extent they are. But I think it's interesting the people here that are, like, pushing it, you know, and trying to, like, he thinks 2022 is when it'll happen here. (laughs) But I think, you know, the people that are ready for it are, you know, because again, it's like trying to catch that wave, you know, whether it's technology or, or you know, in this case, like you know, the legalization of that. But being ready, you know, and like, hey, we have all our stuff in place, all our, you know, and they do. Like he's got his own lab, you know, and that's really like his art is, is that part, and he's constantly growing it, you know, the same way that, you know, I work on my art. Yeah, there's so much yeah. more that goes into that than you would expect. Yeah. It's not like some other crops. No. No, man, super, like, scientific if okay. you get really, like, into it and and how they do it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, 
Yeah, I mean, it's like for the love of <laughs> of, of weed, I guess. <laughs> because it's like, you know, I mean, I guess anybody could go grab one, but like I kill, end up killing a lot of my plants that I've tried to have, not weed plants, just like regular plants, right. you know. Oh yeah, some people have a green thumb. Some yeah. people don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know if it's for me. Yeah, I'm trying to be. I got a plant for the studio, a little money tree. So I'm trying to like, just make Eat sure it. to take care of it. You know. <laughs> when it starts blooming, yeah. let me get some. And having a kid, <laughs> having a kid has has helped me with that. You know, just the yeah. response. So. Um, yeah. What else? What else you got for me? <laughs> well, like I was saying earlier, this is really about dreams. Uh, I love talking to people about what they do to stay focused on their dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Cedric Harrison, the founder of Support the Port, we're talking about the importance of writing it down. Yeah. Putting it on paper and maybe writing it down more than once a year. Yeah. And um, and looking at it daily. Yeah. Um, That's huge. I like I I do that, and I've really found that you know I have all my sketchbooks and notebooks and stuff, but just the act alone because you have to think about it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the first time where you're like take literally taking the idea out of your head where it's not just an idea, mm-hmm. and making it real, you know, just by writing it down. And it's been amazing to, like, go back and look through some of my old sketchbooks, you know, just, like, where I wrote down my goals or my mm-hmm. dreams, and then realize that, like, a lot of them have actually come true. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not always in the way that I thought they would, mm-hmm. but that, like, I can literally, like, cross off a lot of them. But that was the, you know, the first step was just, like, was writing it down, you know, and then you know that, like, this is something that I've actively, like, working towards it's not just a thought in your head and it is it's huge like i truly believe that <laughs> you know that's the first step is to making something real is just, you got to write it down i and i completely agree i've spent the past nine months um conducting a ind- independent study of um well success and and kind of tapping into the power of the subconscious yeah um and I say that because a lot of these success books really do talk about the subconscious. Yeah. Um, I think Napoleon Hill, I don't know if you've ever read him. He does yeah, a really good job. Think Grow Rich. Yeah. Um, he does a really good job at kind of vocalizing it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, this idea that if you ask yourself a question enough times. Yeah. And that the subconscious... So, is going to work on the answer yeah. for you. It's like running a program in a computer in the background. Exactly. Um, and sometimes the computing power that it takes, um, if you're going to be running it passively, yeah, it, you know, takes some time. But you might just wake up in the middle of the night and go, "That's it. Yeah, that's the answer. That's it right there." And you put it into practice the next day, and it works. Yeah. And. Um, I, I can think of so many occasions where I just come up with the answer yeah. um, to something I've been working on to not realize that there is something about that. Yeah. There's some is it quant is it something that we can quantify as a truth yet? I don't I don't know. 
I, I don't know that much about the, the actual like um, psychology and, and the metrics of how we would record or track yeah, something like that on, numerically and show that it is a true thing. But I know from you know personal experience that I do find the answers to the things that I ask myself. Yeah. So trying to stay actively asking myself the questions I think that need to be answered to get to where I want to go. Yeah. No, it's important. I like had my own personal, you know, cause I have a lot of, it's been nice here. I mean, it is such a creative and artistic community, but I, I know a lot of friends that I have, you know, they, they work two jobs. They work, you know, a lot of them in like service industry or something. And then, and then there are these great artists, you know, and, and they just balance their life out with both of those which is fine um but i've had a couple of them tell me at some points like oh well none of my friends can buy art you know and i remember just hearing that for a while and and it's like well you know like well that sucks <laughs> you know and then but then one day i kind of realized too it's like well then we got to find new friends you know if like if we're, if we're all hanging you know and more for me you know it's because i was like well i want to make like a living off of this i want to be a really successful artist so if you guys are always thinking this like and we're just hanging around each other and we're all you know and you're broke all the time then like this that's that's not a model that's going to work you know and then it and then from you know and you hear that whole it's the myth that's been like propagated throughout time of a starving artist but a lot of artists weren't starving you know like da vinci didn't starve you know michelangelo didn't starve picasso didn't they, uh, you know, they found a, something that worked for them. Um, and it's been the same with me, you know, like a lot of people that I invite to my shows are usually you know, owners of businesses, like downtown. They might not be artists, like in the traditional sense, but they're these bright people that have, you know, created something and like, and doing that and art, that can afford art, you know, and that's been something that I had to kind of learn along the way because, you know, in the beginning, it was romantic, like, yeah, we're all starving, it doesn't matter, we're just making art, but at some point, too, it was like, well, I don't want to be like this forever, you know, <laughs> and that is where, you know, I had to seek out different people, you know, seek out new friends, like, yeah. try to make new networks and new connections with people, and those have actually, like, pushed me even further and helped me, you know, because those are the people that, like, yeah, maybe they're not a great painter they're not going to show me like techniques but they are a great business person you know and they can like well maybe you should try doing this or try doing that and then you become you know much more well well-rounded so that's been a big one I think and then again you know like getting out of that mindset of like well because I heard it all the time like Johnny you need to go get a real job you know like you're a grown man you, you need it like you have a degree like you can go make money and you know I just heard that for so long and then I was like well maybe I need to believe this <laughs> you know but but it's not that it's just all about like your determination your persistence and what you know what goals do you have in your head I want to cut you off real quick because what you just said really reminded me of something uh, I came across um, about if you have a dream, never take advice from somebody who hasn't achieved the dream you're going for. Yeah. Like, take the advice from the person who's done it, not right. the people who haven't done it. Yeah. 
You know, it's crazy because people, people want to give you their opinion yeah, like, and, it's, and it's they always, give it to you for free, you know, free, when you don't ask for it. And it's always out of a great place. Yeah. It really is out of a place of like uh, sincerity and they, they, they love you and they care about you and they want to see what you do well, but they're limited by, by themselves, you know, by right, their own that's what they paradigm think, that they have. That's you know? what they think it means to do well. And it's how it justifies what they're doing. Yeah. And, um, and they're not able to see how it doesn't line up with really what you want for yourself. Yeah. And um, yeah, sorry to cut you off. It no. just that made me think about that. Yeah. Because again, that's something I struggle with is remembering like just because it comes from a, a person I trust and like. Yeah. And admire even in some aspects, their advice doesn't mean that it, like just because these they have these qualifications doesn't mean actually that their advice qualifies to what I want. Right. Or that I'm seeking to achieve. Yeah. And reminding myself that listen to it and keep an open mind, but the advice that you put on the high level, like make sure it comes from the the guy who who's done what you're trying to do. Yeah, no nah, man, it's so important, and that's like again the whole you know like getting your subconscious right and stuff mm-hmm. is like you gotta talk to the people that are that are you know that are pushing you and telling you that because. I mean, I was just in it, you know, kind of in in a world where nobody was, you know, was about that. And it was just hard, you know, and I really did almost, like, give up and was just like, well. But then I got in the right, you know, into the right community, like, made my, kind of stepped out of my comfort zone of those people, you know, and found some new people. And those are the ones that have really, like, pushed me. You know, like, and then, like, nah, man, anything is possible, but mm-hmm. you just have to, like, you have to go for it and don't, don't, like, people are going to tell you, no, people are going to say those things, but don't pay attention to that. Don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. And that's been part of the journey as well, you know, because usually it is all this, you know, your friends, your family that'll come and, and tell you those things, you know. And, and they care about you and they love yeah. you and they want the best for you. And yeah. it's not malicious. It's not... Yeah. It's not because they think that you that you can't or that like you're incapable. It's just that they can't see yeah. themselves doing it, and so right. they have to project that on you to, to yeah. tell you that you can't because to them, it's impossible for them. Yeah, yeah, that's been like a big step for me. It was just kind of becoming aware of that, you know. It's hard. Yes, yeah, but it's. Yeah, it's them projecting what their idea of success is and what that means to them. You know, I and it doesn't mean that they're wrong. For yeah, them. yeah, if for that's them, what they want doesn't mean they're wrong. Yeah, that's why. Like, I really, I think my my dad was an engineer, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think maybe that's sort of why I went that route, you know. But then eventually, it was you know, it's like, well, no, I'm you know, I'm my own person, and I want to do these things, and I remember him. Yeah, just like, kind of like, well, you you know, you need to go get that job and do that because that'll mean you're independent. But that's what he did, you know. That's what mm-hmm. how he was able to find it. And then, but I, you know, told you if I'd have stayed there, working for that dude in the cubicle, like, I was getting plastered every weekend just to like, you know, I was totally unhappy, you know. And I, yeah, I did have expendable income you know and like all the benefits and all that stuff that I thought I was supposed to have you know and like ready to like maybe buy a condo you know and have 
my own place and all this but I just took a big hard look at it and I was like this is not I'm living a life that I'm told I'm supposed to live but this isn't the life that I want and if I continue doing this like I'll never get to have it you know and now like I'm not you know I'm not there yet still but but at least I know that like I'm working towards it and that it's you know it's there (laughs) I just have to figure out how to get to it and I'm not stuck you know home and just spending this couple hours doing what I wanted you know (laughs) but but yeah it's so important and I think here you know I'd love to see Wilmington really like kind of blow up more I mean it is with the film you know now that it's gone but hopefully like I think it'll definitely come back we have a studio here you know location yeah and we We have have a location I was having a conversation with somebody uh who runs the art factory Mm -hmm. down on was that Surrey Street? Yeah. Um, do you know Marcus? Marcus Rich. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was talking to him about that. And um, we have, even without a film incentive, we have one advantage. And that is, if you're an executive and you got tons of money, and you get to choose where you're going to be. Yeah. Do you want to go to Atlanta and sit <laughs> yeah. in that shitty condo yeah. <laughs> down there? Or do you want to come hang out at Wrightsville Beach right. or Figure Eight? Or bald head, yeah. for, if you're especially for a TV series. So right. you're going to be here for a long time. We're, and, we're, and we have an airport, and guess what? The line's not that bad yeah. because there's not that many of us. You know, do you want to be here <laughs> or do you want to be Atlanta? And I know a lot of it. I know a lot of it went there. Yeah. Money does dictate for a lot of them. Yeah, but we're never going to be completely dry. Yeah, we'll always have something. Yeah, we also have a good commercial market. I know when I was doing film, I would travel to Charlotte and Raleigh all the time. Yeah. All those NASCAR commercials. Now, if NASCAR disappears, yeah. <laughs> that's going to put a lot of film people yeah. out of business. <laughs> I, I tell you, man, it really will. Yeah. That employs a lot of people. They really? look forward to it every spring. Yeah, oh, go, you do all those Verizon, AutoZone commercials. They they shoot like 20 different types of commercials. Oh, dang. Yeah, there's a lot. And it's good money, commercial market. Yeah. It, if that get, if NASCAR disappears, yeah, <laughs> that's weird. I know. I had no idea that until you know I got involved with those scanning locations, and we did end up like going to meet a director and a producer of one of the film. I think it was a Nicholas Sparks film that was here, and we you know we we went to go pitch it basically. Like met this. I like I met one of the actresses and and she was like friends with my mom or became friends with my mom and through her somehow I like got this meeting with the like the producer and I was like hey can we like have this thing I want to show you and I like pulled it up on my phone really fast and I had like a crack screen but I was like I'd like to talk to you more about this and then we ended up meeting him for coffee like our group and showed it to him and then that was when it all you know like dude we made it like we're talking to the producer you know and then he was the one that kind of explained like you know, he's like, I was, I'm from Chicago. I want to shoot in Chicago, but the incentives, you know, it's like, I'll go shoot in Atlanta if I have to, because mm-hmm. I'll get half of it back, you know? And that was really, and we were like, whoa, like, and I didn't, you know, this whole time I thought movies were just like, you go shoot wherever the places are. And then I realized it's, it's like, yeah, I've never been involved in that world. But then I realized like how political <laughs> it was, you know? Yeah. Very. And, and I think even here, you know, like, 
again, like this, the, I want to get before, you know, in my time here, hopefully start getting some art murals up or something at least, you know, and I've like found out like that's all politically driven too. You know, mm-hmm. you have a couple people I think up there that want to preserve the historic nature of downtown and all that, you know, and they don't want to, they don't want that. But the other part of that is, you know, they keep putting all like, how do we get more people downtown? How do we bring businesses down here? You know, and I've read a couple articles and like, but that, you know, and you read that all the time, like the artists move into like a dilapidated area, you mm-hmm. know, and establish their studios. And then all of a sudden it's cool. And then the, you know, the developers come in and create the, you know, the artist lofts and then sell them for a bunch of money because people want to be like, but then the artists are driven out, you know. Like West Asheville. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I'd, you know, and that's something that I, you know, I don't like to be very political and get involved in it, but realize like you have to, you know, and down here especially because there's there's some kind of blockage there. Like I've really like gone to everybody, the Arts Council, Mm -hmm. the zoning district, you know, the, the Wilmington whatever zoning, and like, what's the deal? Like, can we paint murals? What's considered a mural? You know, I've gotten other local businesses kind of involved and like property owners. Have you talked to any lawyers? Uh, I haven't talked to any lawyers. Um, but what, like we ended up doing one at Slanchett's in an alley, but I got the okay from the business, the okay from the property owner. We didn't ask the city. We just did it. You know, and we're like, worst case, they'll just make us like, uh, you know, paint over it or something. And then I did, I did this little like gorilla project one night. It was like four in the morning. Did have a little alcohol in me, but <laughs> I went and uh, just painted some words. They were like famous quotes, you know, that somebody said, or, you know, I don't even, I think one was like fortune favors the bold. And I, I went and painted it on a wall down like downtown, right on front street. Um, that one that leads out to the parking deck. I've seen a couple of these, I think. Yeah. Um, How many did you do? I think I did like four or five, kind of just like around like in alleys and stuff. I think I might have seen a couple. Yeah, one, I did an Isaac Newton one over like in the Blue Post alley. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I did those, but they were kind of as an experiment, you know, to see what, what would happen. Whether it would disappear or not. Yes. Yeah. And the interesting part of that was like... I think the second day after I painted it, like the wonder shop is right there, you know, the local business sells clothes, did a photo shoot, you know, and like right next to it. And it was up on their Instagram, like blasted out, you know, and then I like, you know, follow all these stuff with social media, like towns themselves, like I think Hawaii and like these other like capital cities, you know, how they have like marketing campaigns to like come to your city. Some of them were like just straight up like the street art that they're showing in their, you know, they're nationally broadcasted commercial. So to me, it's just like, I don't know why we're not making more efforts to do that and who's holding that up. You know? So I have an interesting comment on this art without permission. Yeah. I go to a lot of city council meetings. These guys have trouble coming up with a budget to fix potholes. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, the other, I guess, part of it is where 
because I've, you know, I struggle with it too is I know some artists just go paint stuff, you know, and they do it on their own dollar. But to really like create, you know, those I went with black paint and a paintbrush and I had to do it within the span of like two hours before Wilmington started waking up, you know. It's like being a musician yeah. and you go out and you do time that the police leave at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I went out right at like four. I think a garbage man caught me actually. And I was like, ah, he's like, what are you painting, man? I was like, it's just, you know, this, I was like, you're not going to tell anybody, are you? And he's like, nah, man, it's cool. <laughs> but, uh, but I saw like friends of mine, you know, that had no idea. And I, I don't think I've really, I've only told a handful of people that I did that. Now, now it's out. But the ten people that listen to this. (laughs) But the whole point of it was to see like what what is going to be the effect of this, and people, like random people, man. I would like even search like hashtag Wilmington or something. The pictures would pop up with those sayings of people standing right next to it, and the Isaac Newton one. Like I didn't sign it, Isaac Newton, and it was like for every reaction, there's the opposite and equal Mm -hmm. reaction. Some dude came and, like, crossed it out and wrote Isaac Newton. So there literally was a reaction to it, you know, of somebody else coming and doing it. But the whole point of that was, like, you know, it became something. And, you know, I I didn't go and, like, draw a big dick on the wall or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) be quite awesome. You know, no, it was was supposed to be, you know, something uplifting, inspiring. Um, It's a great quote to pick, too. Yeah, and... And then it happened, you know, their pictures started appearing. People were interacting with it just, you know, by taking a picture. And in that case, like, doing something else with it. But the whole idea is, like, if we put art up, you know, like, I just went to Cuba. And, like, I have a whole series of the street art, you know, that of pictures I took. And people stop and do that, you know. They stop and look at it. So I think, you know, I don't, I mean, you're saying they're struggling to fix potholes. But I think how it'll work it's going to be like the private sector is going to have to get involved somehow too you know where you have the local businesses that are going to like hopefully everybody come and i've had you know kind of like i was speaking to finkelsteins about it you know but like coming up with like a realistic budget you know it's like how are we going to paint something you know big like this but when you get like a lift involved you know and you know, if you do have to get a permit or of some sort or something like that. So you have to get all the, the players there. And that's, like, that's kind of the next step. You know, for the little Slancha one, it was the business owner, the property owner. We didn't ask the city, but the city never said anything. And in that case, you know, it kind of made it Wilmington-centric. It's a picture of a, the bridge. Mm-hmm. You know, and funny enough, like, soon after I did that one, like, a couple months later the you know that other big picture ever by mana the i believe in wilmington have you seen that over on like princess and second it's like across from tavern law and the comic book store that's there if i saw it i'd be like i'd probably yeah it's a picture of a bridge and it says i believe in wilmington and and then there's plaques on the billy from mana um but he got the local businesses involved you know, it's like, hey, sponsor a little plaque on the side of it. And they just put it up there. I don't think they really asked for permission, but what's the city going to say when, like, hey, man, we got 
That's what I was joking about with the potholes. Is that <laughs> y'all, if these businesses, it's their wall, and they start putting them up. Yeah, they've got so much on their plate. Like good looking, people, right? You know, if you're doing something obscene, yeah, I can see them getting the energy together. Yeah, and but, I think that's a like I did see somebody just. I mean, mine was kind of a tag, but you know, I'd like to think that it was a positive message. You know, I did see somebody tag over by mana just like straight up like a tag i, I couldn't mm-hmm. make out what it said but it was his tag you know his, i mean maybe Definitely. mine was kind of that but they were legible words you know no, but I, I think you're but to actually different. do like a street a piece of art you know it's gonna take time i can't i couldn't go out and paint something really nice in two hours you know it would take me a couple of days right and if you start doing it over multiple nights they'd catch it yeah it? yeah so I think like, but there's a difference there, you know, I think everybody associates, there used to be stopped happening, but if we actually like put up like, you know, like hired an artist, paid them, you know, got a grant or whatever and put it up, you know, actually put something nice up that, you know, and you can make it Wilmington centric. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a crazy piece of art. But it's a foot in the door for that yeah. being a more. Yeah. And I think that that was kind of why I went with the bridge and I think why the other guys went with, you know, I believe in Wilmington because what are you going to say? Like, no, take that down. Like, that's it's like, so you don't want to support your own city. If you consider you know? getting the historical. And she's like, well, we've been trying for years. And people come in and they want to do one. And then she's like, we got to talk to this person. And then I got to talk to that person. And then they're like, well we don't do that kind of stuff. Like you're going to have to go talk to the arts council about those things. And it just like goes in the circle. So I think it really, it becomes like somebody just has to do it, you know? And then, and that's what I think is going to happen. <laughs> hmm. And I'm working on that. <laughs> what if I, that's in the land use code? Well, I got a, I was talking to my buddy, Brian, you know, Brian at Finkelstein's. Mm-hmm. He, because um, we were talking about, I was like, dude, well, what, like, can we do one? Like, what's that? So he went and spoke to the city office, the zoning, permitting, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And I've been there a couple times now because I had to deal with them with real estate stuff mm-hmm. and historic, you know, appropriateness and all that. And they literally just go to, like, a book, you yeah. know, and they're like, okay, well, what is it you're asking? Well, that's probably in this section of the book. And then they'll look through there. Like, okay, well, it says here, blah, 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 yep, blah, blah, yep. blah, you know, and it's like, okay, well, what if it's something that hasn't been done? You know, like the museum, when I was doing the museum, you know, like, well, you can have a museum, but you can't have an operating studio. I was like, why not? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the rule in the book. So they were saying that uh, it falls under signage. So it has to be like a specific, you know, percentage of the square footage of the um of the building itself you know hmm. and that was what they that was kind of the rule they give and, and then they're like well and we'll have to approve it so you have to submit something and and as long as it meets that requirement underneath there so they're just like reading this manual but somebody up there surely can be like hey Absolutely. You know, like, don't worry about it. I don't know. Conditional use. Yeah. Find out some way that you 
make it scratch their back or whatever they want. Yeah. And if I, what I mean by that is that maybe they want a first in flight mural. Yeah. Maybe they want, um, you know, sub. Maybe they want to say in the subject matter. Yeah. And they want to know that if when they issue this, that it's a conditional clause. That you're letting them know that you're not gonna go put up like a orangutan with a banana shooting out of a thong, yeah. you know, like which I get, I get, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think a lawyer, business owner, yeah, um, surrounding businesses, mm-hmm. people who are directly affected by it, yeah. and um, and uh, yeah, ask for signage variants or or um, conditional use. Yeah, I, I think it's doable. I think so too. And, just, and once you do one, yeah, you start setting a precedent. Yeah. Expect. Well, that's kind of what happened, you know, with the one I did mm-hmm. at Slancha. You know, and I'm glad that somebody else did something. You know, because now at least you see something when you drive down there. And then I also contacted the, you know, they have that huge parking deck by like Slice of Life. Because mm-hmm. I saw like in Raleigh, some artist, not even a North Carolina artist, like. They gave him some big on it, but they were like uh, these anchored tapestries or like vinyl something and covered this parking lot, you know, to give it some kind of effect and they added lighting and stuff. So dude got like, you know, a bunch of money to come design and I guess install this thing. Not from North Carolina, but Raleigh's doing it, you know, so I contacted the woman because I think the parking deck is managed by... I, like, went online and, like, did, I was doing it with another, trying to do it with another artist, but I, like, found the parking deck, who owns it, who manages it, I, like, Mm -hmm. contacted them, said, hey, what's up with this? They sent me, like, well, we manage it, and we built it, but we, like, it's owned by the city. Mm -hmm. So, they're, like, there's a liaison between our company and the city, you need to talk to that guy. So, I contacted that guy, I was, like, hey, what about, like, painting something up here and I kind of left it he didn't say no but he said like well we've like looked into it and thought about it but the logistics of painting it because you wouldn't that big one right where you like pull into the parking deck okay so I could see an issue with that 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 lot that uh that lot with the little parking lot is right next to it that's not owned by them that's I actually know the guy who owns that little lot so if you did something and and I know that that guy, he's a developer. And I know that he bought that lot with the intention to develop on it. Mm. So he's he's been with the economy tanked. So he's just been running it as a parking lot because okay, there's gotcha. it's a great opportunity for parking yeah. um, right now. But that will be tricky. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that's where you'd have to like get his permission to hopefully get a lift on there. Mm-hmm. And then, well, he might build over it. Is the thing I'm nervous uh, about. Yeah. And then he could, um, you know, I, from the city's point of view, then try to sell air rights. Yeah. And that's or lease air rights, and that's a freaking just yeah. Cash but even so, way. I mean, art gets painted over all oh, the correct. time, you know, and then, like until it happens, like something could go there. You're right. But they, their concern, you know, at that when I got that email was that. It's going to be hard. We don't know how to pay for it. And then that we're worried about repainting and maintenance of it. So, and I kind of left it there because I didn't know what to do next. But really, 
it's to get local businesses involved be like hey we want to paint something up there to help wilmington yeah and that's where people park they're gonna come and say yo there's this huge and i see it all the time mapping on the side of a parking deck that they just did you know which i'm gonna try to like see if i can sort out for like river fest or azalea fest but you know the the money issues like that's where the community needs to come together there's grants too that you can apply for you know that they give to cities or whatever so like yeah we have to you have to find that but well it doesn't necessarily have to be a a painting you know it could be anchors and like a vinyl banner of some sort those mesh banners you know have you reached out to any of the um like some of some artists in these other cities that have done it and maybe like just see what they what they did to navigate all the red tape no but what i've kind of noticed you know when i see it it's like a group usually where they like there's a big one it's called powwow and they have a bunch like from around the world actually bring them there like set them up with a wall somewhere and then just like have them go and i but i think this organization like gets the money finds the spaces talks to the city like orchestrates all that and then get bring the artists in and let them like do their thing you know so I think that's kind of what it would take, but you need like players in the game, you know, which I think would be like a business owner of some sort, mm-hmm. you know, in that particular case, like slice of life, if you get slice of life to buy off on it, maybe do it on their wall instead of the parking deck because right. he owns that building. Mm-hmm. So, but it's like getting those, those right people, you know, and doing it as like a United, it's just going to take a couple more players and like people that believe in it and I just have it like seems like you're on the right path yeah and the red tapes to be expected you're dealing with governments yeah city governments yeah always I mean I even like outside of art if you were a independent developer yeah and you're trying to build an apartment building in a place that's never had an apartment building built yeah. before the group from New York that's developed hundreds of apartment buildings, even if you have the money to do it, yeah, even if you had the money to do it, the group that has done it tons of times before is definitely gonna have a much easier time than the yeah than the guy getting started. Yeah, it's just it's kind part of the part fun of the journey. Man. Yeah, like going in there now, like I don't know. When I was talking to my friend Matt, you know, because he's having to navigate the political world. You know, in regards mm-hmm. to cannabis. Absolutely. And I think so many people get intimidated by it. You know, and like, even artists, you know. I don't want to go up to City Hall and, like, present that. I just want to make art, you know. But that's what it takes, you know. And you can't, like, let that intimidate you. Because, you know, they're just following rules. and But the rules can always be, like, rewritten or, you know, reinterpreted. and They do it all the time. Yeah. So I think it's more just like, I think that's a big barrier, though, for people in general. Something like for the this Cuba show that, you know, I interviewed some people there in Cuba when it's communist, you know, but I, but I really found out that, like, you have some people that just accept it. You know, like, man, it's really hard, but it's just the system that we have. 
which happens here too. Mm-hmm. You know, like people are just like, well, it's just what it is and there's nothing I can do about it. But then you have the other people, you know, like the go-getters, the hugs survive, you know, because they can't survive off of what they're given by their government. So they like find all their side hustles, you mm-hmm. know, find ways to make money to like sell you cigars on the street, you know, but like whatever they have to do to do that. And I, and you know, yeah, they might go to jail. Like there's a risk of that, but you find people that aren't intimidated by like authority. Cause so many people just like, Oh, those are the rules. I'm not going to do it. And those are really old people. Those are really young people, you know, but then you have the ones that like, well, if it's brand new and it's something different, yeah, it's going to be scary. It might be, it's really like who I like to end up being around, you know, because, and it's been helpful for me, you know, especially with art. It's like, you can't, you don't make art for everybody. Not everybody's going to like it. You know, take somebody like Elon Musk, for example. Yeah. I mean, he's everything he's done. He's operating in the space of, am I allowed to do it? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) PayPal. Yeah. They just decided to go with it. I mean, you're talking about messing with the financial industry. Yeah. Those are big, bad cats you don't want to fuck with, you yeah. know? And he just did it. It's for yeah. a new model that's road safe. Letting, Getting it capable for you to have a car that drives itself down the road. Yeah. Can you imagine if he actually spent all the time waiting on the red tape? Yeah. We wouldn't have any of the advancement that yeah. would be ethical about it. Yeah. 100%. But sometimes a risk has to be taken. Yeah. And that's what I find is just, I think, you know, maybe that's part of education. And we're not really taught that, you know, we're taught to follow rules because that's how we're controlled, you know. But sometimes it's like, just because there's. You make one, you fail one test in your whole grade and maybe your whole high school career, college career. Yeah. Has a, because you go off the GPA is you're totally tanked and like that that fear of failure is so stifling to yeah. creativity did not all and figured it out by the end yeah that's that's a learn that's somebody capable of learning yeah and i think too this you know you probably do that's like in a sense uh, the standardized education and I, I don't know if i necessarily get on board the the camp of thought that it's purposeful like oppression mm-hmm. or if it's just that like we're a misguided yeah um because it's easier to grade you know i mean come on think about a system where you have to then now grade where you're not standardized and you're not doing these you know then you're trying to educate all these people you know what what's the solution struggle in school you know and it's it's not because they're you know i can't remember how it goes but there's like intelligence you know somebody can be like maybe not book smart Mm-hmm. or something like that but they're very street smart you know mm-hmm. they're very like uh have a different type of intelligence uh, oops um so that you know that idea that but as we have this curriculum and we're just gonna kind of show you all this but not everybody you know not everybody's supposed to be a mathematician and mm-hmm. you're gonna have people some people that excel or that can do it you know and that's fine. You have other people that like just won't get it, and they'll never. They'll hire an accountant to run their business, you know? right. <laughs> like, but they'll figure out the. Uh, they look at the first three lines of a financial statement. 
everything else that the accountant does and spends all their time doing doesn't yeah. matter to them. They never look at it. They look at those top three lines of that financial statement yeah. and they make the entire basis of their decisions off of that and they do great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky one, I guess, you know, because you just, and like you said, you know, you want to have a standardized test because we can't, like, make a test, like, individual for everybody. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't know. I also feel too, like, I don't know if, if it still is. Like, I didn't have the greatest. A lot of them, and I went to, like, they were hired by an actual company to, like, do uh, research or something like that. So teaching was just kind of like, you know, was what they did, but they were more, more focused on mm-hmm. their research. And I did see, like, when students got involved and were able to happen because they were challenged to think, you know, but in the classroom setting, like, I'd, I didn't really have a lot of teaching, you know, and that's what I, you know, maybe I saw it in, like, movies or something, but that you go to college to, like, learn how to think, you know, to question things, to mm-hmm. figure out how to, like you know come up with different solutions and but i feel like that's kind of getting lost and then college is just becoming like a big business <laughs> well it is a big yeah. business it's an insane amount of money that these yeah things make and generate yeah but but i don't know i'm excited to see what what we can do and stuff and like man yeah. Yeah. i mean i love it here and i just want to see that's a really art <laughs> I hate that, man. I mean, I'll, Asheville's cool, but I hate that we're always compared to that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I want people to come here and be like, you need to go check out Wilmington, man. There's like, and it, it's been in waves too. You know, like I thought, like we had all these galleries open. Mm-hmm. Maybe the hurricane messed it up. Like, it's a little yeah, creativity. Yeah. Um, I'm tired of seeing sailboats. <laughs> yeah. I love sailboats. Don't get me wrong, man. I love sailboats, but pastel colors, white clouds, and a calm sea. It's yeah. not doing it for me anymore. But I always wonder too, like the you know, is maybe having the market because that's what I've heard here is that we don't have like, or Raleigh, you know, where they're making you know fifty to a hundred a year and like have a little bit more income to like spend on things or. Or, you know, whatever that, but that we don't, you know, we have health industry, PPD, and then, like, tourism. We got the internet. The internet's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and then that's opened up, you know, there are people able to work, you know, from home or whatever. But I think, like, that'll be the the driving one because you have to have, you know, you have to have people that are interested in our, and maybe that's, like, cultivating that interest. You know, like, the more they see it, the more they experience it. Well, the reaction to that action is going to be the association of Wilmington as. So yeah. That is that kind of place. And now they see one mural on, yeah. the, on the music building, you know. And so they see that picture posted online. Yeah. Like, oh, we should go to Wilmington. It seems like a cool artsy place. Let's go. It'll be a good time. Yeah. And, and there's the beach. Yeah. So now it's a good culture, beach life. It's all about putting the vibrations out there yeah so i think again it'll just like getting the community behind it you know i think the community is yeah. behind it i think the community just needs like a, a figurehead in yeah. a sense to let lead in that direction yeah i i want to say i'd be hard pressed to go anywhere in town and find somebody who's not you know supportive of it right they're passively supportive of it yeah. so switching them from passively to actively oh 
okay, so you're telling me it's going to be this and this? I'm like, yes. And then, like, people are way more receptive to it, you know, knowing that, like, you're prepared and have a plan. Because mm-hmm. I think what's happened is a lot of people just kind of like, hey, I want to paint a mural here. I'm like, well, what are you going to paint? Like, how are you going to do it? <laughs> well, that's the cool thing with your yeah. mock-ups. Yeah. So I was able to do Left the other job because they asked you to figure out yeah. how much it was going to cost. <laughs> but that's where i've learned to like leverage your friends mm-hmm. you know because i have friends that are construction estimators and mm-hmm. do painting you mm-hmm. know i'm like well how much is it going to be to cover that much get it nice and clean like put all the mortar and the brick you know like you probably want to prime it first because the brick's going to soak up the paint those are like all things i i didn't know you know Think about yeah dang yeah it's so, <laughs> a lot of work yeah and that you know i was just like kind of go at it and paint it wasn't aware of but these guys are you know they're with the construction background so that was kind of cool you know and and just learning by doing sort of but but i'm excited to want to do some projection stuff downtown i think like a light festival of some sort would be really cool i can see that happening first yeah I, i can really see the city getting behind that yeah but i don't even know like totally where to be good do one but it'd be cool to get like multiple stage parking deck maybe one but battleship yeah yeah i actually talked to a dude with the battleship there's like a preservation society or something like that or board and he was like yeah i'd like to do something like that but but which yeah it was just part of the puzzle but there's a solution there for sure but i'll just start small which is what you've seen and hopefully build up to that bigger bigger thing but i'd love to see like yeah man people coming and like just having a thriving art scene here i mean we do sort of but just to make it just moving here to make awesome art so we'll get there we will yeah we will and it'll happen downtown yeah yeah, I'm glad that little, I don't know if you've been over there, that little gallery where River Rat used to be. Yeah, yeah, that's where her friends, the um, Shannon's friends, the uh, Lindy, Oh, she's working in the studio, Lindy Showburn, right? she's the resident cool. artist. Yeah, I saw they were doing some kind of like poetry reading or something. Fem speak, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my friend went to that. Yeah, she. Sweet. Building. Yeah, like that. see what's going on. They're at a Raleigh and they're only in there for a year. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's just good that things like that are happening because, you know, when people see that. Seth's doing his designs inside. Yeah. Jim, didn't he? I don't know if he did South Front. I know he did. I remember I met Chris when I first moved back to town. And I was starting a web series back then with my friend Anna Man. And we were at Goat and Compass. Anna Man? Anna Man. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was the whole name, Anna Man. Yeah. That was a cool name. And, uh, <laughs> songwriter like yeah. and i mean lyrical content storyteller and i love folk music so that's maybe yeah. my bias but it's like he can just tell a story that just makes you feel it yeah, yeah. incredible talent um he came uh, a friend of mine been like we did a little sunset concert up there it was really cool yeah <laughs> but yeah he's super talented man great like, cool voice guy. great passion too. yeah had an opera singer one day up there this chick was like <laughs> 
pretty young and I don't remember where she was from, but she was like headed off to Italy to go like do opera or practice opera at school or something. And somehow we met her at the pub and like brought her up and she just like sang this opera like right at the sunset there. It just needs to be there somehow. I just have to be like discreet. I used to go like drink drink up there. <laughs> but they lock they like changed the lock and so and like you just gotta be careful because there's like that whole wall missing and got struck by lightning. <laughs> but but there are like the little secret ones around there, you know. I think it's just trying to get it together and, and then making it happen. Because there's like the Slancha one. There's like uh, not the Dock Street Oyster Bar. Mm-hmm. Have you met that dude that lives I don't next know to there? Him, but I know the area. Dave, Dave something, Dave Fortuna. He's a crazy dude, man. But he lives like, and I haven't been in there. I've seen pictures. It looks like, like lavish decorations, you know. But he has this beautiful, like, like you know. Um, but there's like these little secret spots, you know, getting up there and making it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess we just don't have enough noise, as a city to like, yeah, drown it out or you know get away with it. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would make a lot of ruckus. Yeah, uh, I've gotten some new street performers down. Like I've been hearing them just because I'm down there now, mm-hmm. you know, like on the fourth floor. But playing right there, keyboards, like a while back. And then, yeah, he was playing during your show. Yeah, that guy. And then there was a guitar player out there the other day, but it was like grooving. I was like, like better than just you know some of the things that we hear down there. But that was cool, you know, just having live music out there. Um, that's one of my favorite th- things to do when I travel. Busk. Really? Yeah. You get it? That's I awesome. Love, I had a big old beard, long hair at the time. I didn't have my guitar with me. So I found like a guy on the street, a homeless guy playing music. He was voluntarily homeless. Yeah. There's a lot of those um, travelers down in New Orleans. Um, yeah. They all ride the railroads. They all have the same tattoo. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, well. No. And it's like, it kind of looks like an A, but it's railroad. Oh, uh, cool. It's like two perpendicular lines. Uh, hatchings like, across it's no railroad code yeah so it's like a call like if it gets Orleans, or leading up to Mardi Gras in New Orleans so there's tons of people there we made a lot of money we got dinner together drank a pint <laughs> that's awesome man <laughs> such a fun way though like uh, I had the long hair and the beard though and I was all the people I knew on the production crew like would walk by me and not even like really look at me <laughs> and they just thought I was like a homeless guy <laughs> you know and I was like whoa man like even people I know yeah like whoa yeah for sure I have I have a lot of respect for people who busk yeah man it's hard to just like put yourself out there totally yeah. like that you ever see that Tasha Tana girl uh uh-uh. uh oh, she's phenomenal she does a song Lund or Australia I think one of the two and she had an internet video, had a video go viral of her playing one of her songs, Loop Station. Oh, cool. She's got stuff propped up on like a fruit crate or something like that. Be worth going to. Like, even if you don't go in, just like hang out. Yeah, to listen to it. Yeah. Sometimes I prefer that, honestly, to go to, and I just sit outside. Yeah. And just like in the gazebo and just like lay out, especially in the summertime, just lay out. Yeah. Calming. Yeah. Yeah, I like, and like art. Like, I like to travel and, like, pick up pieces while I'm there, you know. And I usually always get, like, something just from some street artist. 
you know, because, I mean, that's the epitome of just putting yourself out there. Right, it is. You know, like painting in the street and having your stuff there to, like, rely just on total stops, you know, and, like, like stop in a, in a town and, like, sell their little art on the street, go buy breakfast. and. <laughs> we met a couple that was doing that. What were their names? You have a, You have one of their pieces. Little Bird and Bubbles. <laughs> Those yeah. are great names. <laughs> yeah. They were eccentric characters. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, they have, um, I think it's called the, oh, like, yeah. they're like, <laughs> we can all be, you know, purple together. And they have like this, I don't know, their art's really, really cool. And they had like a space downtown and they just like basically have a space for like six months and then they like take all their stuff and they go to another town and they sit there for six months. Yeah. And, and they, they live in a van, van, right? I mean, if I was them and I didn't live here full time and I lived in a van, I'd definitely head out during a hurricane. <laughs> I'd come back another time. <laughs> it's been cool, like, growing up here, too, because it's, it's always been active. It's just, like, I don't know if this, maybe the support system, I mean, it's, it's kind of tough financially, you know. But, like, I remember there was a Spanish couple that, I think it was an Argentinian, be frozen and then move. And she had these crazy, like, installations it kind of looked like vaginas but they were like shells and furs that she would like set up and they like they came here and they're like this is a cool town like we'll do it here and but they weren't able to to support themselves but it's grown but i remember going to like like live nude drawing things Mm -hmm. like my parents would take me to so there's always been like the the culture the coffee shop in Brooklyn Arts? I was trying to remember when we went on the coffee crawl and that yeah. coffee shop that you said you went to in high school maybe? Across the street from that. It was the last Folks Cafe? Where they, she was selling her art. Um, where, yeah, oh, that's not Brooklyn Arts. That's over by Hanover. Like Wabi, about, Wabi Sabi? She's talking about, yeah, you're talking about over by Wabi Sabi. Did you go to that nude show that they did? That thing that's That was yeah. crazy, man. Are these weird mannequins like down here? Like, and, oh, I know you. Yeah, and then like I th- <laughs> like I walked in. And I was like, oh, there's like mannequins like together there, and then realized he's he's like he used to be. I don't know if he still is. He was like a he would deliver the mail. He was like a postman. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jamie I, and Robin. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know them? <laughs> and they were just Big like weird. Yeah. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, and he's like self-proclaimed nudist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, you guys are just like totally naked on the floor in front of all these people. But it was cool. Yeah. Then having like those nude, you know, models just like standing there. I've seen like, him go to like concerts wearing yeah, his, man. his uh his old uniform. I don't know if he still works there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think like Saint looks like something, even though it's not. <laughs> I was like, you're crazy, man. <laughs> but yeah, that was cool. That was and it was cool to see who was there. Like I saw like there was a lot of foreign people. And checked it out and mm-hmm. they've even like made me take pieces out before you know and i don't know i just think it's kind of weird like if you go to a museum you're gonna see you know new here like he's like break out of that is you know to do something crazy and the mock-ups is just like a boring sieve but like that just stuck <laughs> i feel like some <laughs> are hesitant because of our storms uh yeah 
bricks to kind of tried and true. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, then you get buildings like PPD. Yeah. It's more modern style. There's a cool one. There's a lot of money down there, but I went to St. Petersburg in Florida, and they have the Salvador built, and it's a beautiful top water flood or whatever. It's everything's upstairs, like will be protected because it's high enough. So. I could see that happening more in Midtown. Yeah. I feel like city of Wilmington's really trying to go for that Charleston vibe downtown. Yeah. But see, those, that's what I always get frustrated with when I hear, like, Debrina, like, that's, <laughs> I'm not, not going to, like, you got to keep progressing, you know, and pushing the envelope a little bit. Just be a little crazy. Yeah. Do you mind adjusting the mic up a little bit? Um, I can that, help you out with it. Yeah, I think oops. it likes to tilt over time. Uh, Mm. What what subject? Give me so I love books. Um, I don't know. I guess personal development. Personal so development. So I've been into lately. I have, uh, like, but I honestly, he's not for everybody. He's real estate, right? Like, oh, really? That was, like, in the hospital for getting beat up and stuff. Like, had hit rock bottom. Damn. And um, didn't come from really, I mean, like lower middle situation. Obviously, he right. has, has his few privileges. Um, but I like his stuff. It's simple. Yeah. It's really simple. And it's, it's not brilliant. But I don't think success is brilliant yeah. either. I think it is really simple. Yeah. So I like that about his stuff. Um, can't go wrong with Napoleon Hill. Yeah. I love Napoleon Hill's uh, Outwitting the Devil. Um, it's a book written in a doc. And uh, the devil, they talk about the things in our life that propagate negativity and allow that force of self-doubt. Yeah. That's a good one. And I love Dolph DeRoos, another real estate guy. A lot of, a lot of these self-development people, a lot of new one. Like yeah. something that really sticks out to me. Like, I'll jot that down. Just That's cool. Remember it. I read um, some recent. Have you ever read the? Uh, it's Robert Green, the Forty Eight Laws of Power. <laughs> Robert Green is dope. <laughs> I uh, actually have the audiobook. book. You know, now they talk about like you know Versailles and the court and like, but how it really does apply to like certain things here in life. You know, when mm -hmm. you're trying to just navigate it. And I've experienced them myself, you know, and then like sort of listen to some of that and take it. But it's also kind of dangerous, you know, because it's like very manipulative. And <laughs> it does, it is. And it's one of those things where it's like, once you've learned, find, did, I, did I do that because experience or something? Like, go mingled because yeah. they're a little bit like similar. But, but yeah, it's interesting too. Just, <laughs> and it's true. And like I said, just, with like my ideas or my artwork and I'm really into it. It, uh, that's usually when people, I can just, you know, I don't know how it works and it's strange, but it's like when you're doing what you want to do and like focusing on yourself and like, it's like this force that goes out and people are like, what are you doing? You know, mm -hmm. they like want to keep, and those distractions happen, you know, and I've allowed myself to be distracted 
but I've also found that. Did you have any out of life? Yeah. And void of their support. You know, it wasn't like they drifted out of like spending time with you and then continue to show support. It was like they cut you off, like or they just stop. Or maybe they thought you didn't like them. Yeah. yeah. And have that kind of like you're doing what you're doing, yeah. and rather than getting support from these people you used to spend a lot of time with. You start getting support from all these people that you knew from, a, a, you know, in passing. Yeah. And and you know they're like they're not trying to distract you, but they're just like sitting you like, yeah. Like going to school, job, be steady, have a family, and like go. Was lost, you know, like from when we were young. And I like I just didn't have anything in common with them anymore, and then slowly we just drifted away. But then yeah, I met like a couple random people. And then, you know, they show up to my shows and I'm like, yeah, man, like, and, and all that are kind of the support group. It's friend <laughs> anymore. And like, the truth is, I, like, I don't tried kind of to like, you know, talk, but there's just no, nothing really in common anymore. And, but I think that's natural too, you know, it's just to like, Part of growing to up. grow, you know, and, and grow apart. And the, you know, the real strong ones will, will always stay there and be there. But the other ones, you know, just kind of drift away naturally. Yeah, and I, I think we were trying to kick anybody out of my life. Yeah. Just, just adding, adding new people. Yeah. I mean, I'll kind of gone through that little party period, Same. which I'm glad I did because I'd never done it before, Same. you know. But like, hanging out in bars, like hanging out in, you know, going to clubs or something, and. And, the, you know, I knew that they'd always go and they'd always be dad. Like, they just had to kind of a young family. Yeah. If you want, and this kind of falls, if, if you want absolutely yeah, that insanity, that's <laughs> just absolutely insane. Yeah. Try different methods. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to change the whole thing. Right. Just add a few different little things. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard, though. You know, usually it takes want it. Mm-hmm. And decide for to create some of his stuff. What's but your favorite book? My did, favorite book. Did you? Oh, you said Robert Greene, but well, those are interesting. I don't know if they're my favorite. Uh, the big one was The Alchemist, just because it was. I mean, it really was life changing for me. It changed my life, you know. But I think the whole message in that, is, you know, is a story about the guy who was a. Um, he was a shepherd. And he was, like, really good at, you know, shepherding his sheep. And that was what his dad did. And, and he was really good at what he did. And, like, the guy had a daughter, and he was like, she's beautiful. I'll marry her. I have all these sheep. And then something, like, just called him to, like, leave all that behind and go travel. And that's where he, like, and then just had like all this faith and like miracles kind of happened, you know, and it talks about there like being signs, you know, in your life that you're on the right path or that people will come into your life, you know, and like reaffirm that you're doing, you know, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. But it also just like how the whole journey, you know, there were really trying periods where he thought, okay, I'm going to die or, I don't know, is that ringing a bell at all? <laughs> no, I just looked it up, and I'm definitely reading a different book than okay. everybody else said. <laughs> it's following, like, following, you know, 
and you, you meet people and it is and really a lot like you know maybe financially so there was just like so much packed in there and it's not even a big book like i did i just read it on the way home and i was like no yeah it reminds me that it reminds me of a similar short read richard bach uh-uh. that's a good one all right that's yeah, a really good that one. the illusions I think it's just illusions. Illusions. The picture is like a black book with a blue feather on it. Oh, cool. It's old. Um, it has to do with picturing, um, picturing your future. Yeah. What you want and a lot. Um, if you and you want to own a Lamborghini, Lamborghini, <laughs> <laughs> but you picture yourself, and I'm just using it as an example. Um, you picture the car. Well, you're going to see them on the road. Yeah. You're going to go to car shows maybe and see them. Self. Yeah. Owning. That, that to me has stuck with me forever. Um, quick read. Great read. Entertaining. The illusion? illusion? Illusions. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. I don't I don't know where you'd get it. Maybe, uh, Richard. Richard. Bach. B-A-C-H. B-A-C-H. Do you know what kind of uh, car Ronald McDonald drives? No. Hamburghini. Somewhere, and it like flipped the script for me because I was just like, oh, it's just a fast food. But yeah, they own like prime real estate and like all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the best fast food chains follow that model. Yeah. Um, Chick fil A is one. Yeah. Um, Do you know that? Really? Yeah. I didn't know He that. was able to, he got really good at that, got stable cash flow from it, and then once he had enough, he just put his everything into his passions Whoa. and just had that supporting him. Damn. So, yeah, I keep finding that fascinating more and more learn about it. Yeah. I'd love to get it set up to where I can operate. But. Yeah, and like they do that. I mean, they're not even some stuff now, you know. And like, it's just evil. Airbnb. The age we live in is that the major disruptor in every industry is tech. Yeah. And that no matter what you do, if you have an interest and a desire to learn a little bit about tech, yeah, you can do really well. Yeah. No matter what you choose to do. Yeah. Because the amount of people unwilling. Uh, but a lot of them, like, it's not that I created it. I'm just applying it to my specific, you know, thing that I'm doing. But it's really cool because, like, I think, like, every day there's a new, you know, app coming out or, like, and it just gets, gets crazy and crazy and, like, tools, you know, and, and find little tricks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's neat, but it's cool to, like, stay on top of that. But you do have to stay on top of it. Yeah, because you know? it changes every 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> But I like, yeah. I mean, that's what I try to incorporate in, into my work, you know, just to keep it fresh. That's the thing I love about the projection. Yeah. Movie. I think that's all. I don't know how well here, but that it starts becoming... I mean, when you look at, like, movies from the future or about the future, you know, like, they usually have like projected Mm -hmm. things and holograms and all that stuff. So I don't know how yet, like I'll do that, but vision that like projected experience 
get into that a little bit because they have now mm-hmm. stuff and like it comes alive mm-hmm. you know or like i've seen some even like they're putting them um they're like mapping them like to to actual coordinates like in the real world and you go to this place and there's like a huge floating sculpture that you can perceive through your threat through your phone you know you don't yeah, see it in real life you can have like painted on the ground where your feet go and say stand here and hold up your phone yeah <laughs> yeah and that's like you know kind of an interesting idea because maybe yeah we'll, we'll never be allowed to paint murals but here you go but maybe just hey download this app and go stand there and like you'll see something crazy and like people are like walking into these random establishments like i remember you know through their phone but in the real world like that kind of blew my mind that they were able to do that however they did (laughs) so things like that i don't know like i don't know where that totally will go but i like the idea that's a really dark (laughs) dynamics like all the robots they're making like that's straight. Oh yeah, like, I like the that. Black Mirror yeah, shit. Yeah, you, you know? <laughs> yes. Are you afraid of this? Machine learning and then abusing. Yeah. Things that we're giving machine learning. Yeah. I don't think we're on the level yet where it's an issue, but it's probably not. Yeah. You know. But I just think like a machine. You know, it's like metal kill you. Logical then well, just like there's the positive and and. The- Finding a way to download ourselves into, oh, uh, into like some kind of robot. That yeah, would just go live there for like even for like gravitational purposes, like I, exploring like a bigger. All of them made, and that's the one that goes out into the world. But they're like in their house, like mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. thing, and it's mm-hmm. the one that's in the world's like the younger mm-hmm. version of them. Yeah, I think at the gross. end he finally like goes on a date, you know, with like the real version of him and the real version of the lady he's yeah. been seeing. But that's kind of like weird, <laughs> yeah. you know. But totally possible. Already happening. Yeah. It's like the, and that even now people already have in their, uh, you know. Like, and they basically tell me it's just like to hook up. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like, don't like that one, don't like that one, mm-hmm. this one, we'll go meet. I think people need to be able to give ratings on each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, how was your experience with this person? <laughs> I'm for real. I think the people get like these weird people, but they seem like they have kids and stuff. And so I'm just like, man, I'm not going to do anything to like, even though I had a terrible experience with you, I'm not going to give you a bad rating because I don't want you to like lose your life, just kind of screw you over. Right. But then I learned that if you give somebody like a two, it doesn't mean that they're not going to get rides. It means that you won't be paired with that driver again. Oh, so nobody else... Like, it doesn't affect them long term. Now, if like hundreds of people are doing it, uh, that's going to have an effect on the person. But the as far as the algorithm's concerned, it doesn't like just like put a bad in suits. It's just going to pair you with those drivers uh, more frequently, or the people of that kind of right like uh, review. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. <laughs> it weirds me out too. Social media, like I had a instance lately. This this guy I didn't know very well that I'd met, you know, and I hung out with him one night, um, you know, and I only knew him for that period of time, you know, which was however long who you are. And then later on that day, somebody that I'd known for a long time, like, post some thing on Facebook about this guy that was, like, not, like, saying that he, like, he's doing some stuff that he shouldn't be doing, you know, and I was like, holy crap, man. Like, I don't know. 
I was like, I don't like I know this guy for a long time, so like I probably would take his word over you that I just met. Saw this like what's up with that cuz like if you're doing that kind of stuff, like that's not cool. And then he was just like, "Nah, man, that was like it's like he's totally ruined my reputation and like that's not what happened. Like this is what happened." And but I'm like screwed now because they are <laughs> You know, and then people give me a free dish, a free dessert, or I'm giving you one star. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like a powerful thing, but it's also, you know, it can be negative. But I don't know. It's just like the world that we're living in now. So much chatter. Yeah. I heard somebody say something like along the lines of like millennial, um, kind of like perspective being that like if you don't have a presence in this social online space dating yeah in this platform it kind of makes them feel like they're not there with everybody yeah isn't that crazy that's isn't weird that crazy it's like we're all here yeah Any, if anything that's not there <laughs> you know like yeah. that's just vibrations floating around in the atmosphere <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take- dude was telling me about some theory this lady wrote but that like this is just, we're just outsourcing our brain like this you know mm-hmm. like we don't know phone numbers anymore i don't mm-hmm. know any phone numbers really <laughs> like i know like three but like everything is is just and it's making us like we have all this information here but it's actually kind of making us dumber because we're not utilizing our you know like you don't think about it you know and you know you just instantly like go to the more ram space yeah. for computational thinking yeah like problem solving but, but it definitely to, it, it, you know because you don't have to really problem solve totally because it you just ask it you're right you're right you know rather than like i don't know something i find like with you know but, but, the, but the brain does solve that it's the worst thing for yeah. us we've done some pretty crazy like i don't like i, I don't think we should be brother. putting her like on tv i don't think you know but she's seeing it like us on here and like with her grandparents like her mom or her grandma is kind of just now like really into tech and like learning how to use her ipad and stuff so she's constantly on it and on her phone and this is what because i mean she's like everybody's doing that these days it's part of like you know like maybe it is good that she knows how to like call me in case something happens you know like i can't totally keep her from it and then I brought her up to the studio the other day, and I put on, like, YouTube and was playing music. And she knows how to use YouTube. Like, she's one in five months. And, like, not, she doesn't know what the words are, but, like, she'll look at the picture, press it, you know, and, it like, it'll play. And if she likes it, you, like, she'll leave it. But then she would go back and, like, press a different picture. And then if she didn't like that, get out of it, really, like, keep her from not moving to some Amish no (laughs) sanctuary yeah Uh, you know at first i was opposed to it but now it's like i mean that's what i do i use technology for you know applications in my life so why wouldn't she you know their job and they're really good at it and that's part of you know i had the uh, same thought about my brother he loves video games loves playing them you know that kind of inner struggle like should we be letting him play this yeah. video games? And I'm thinking about it, like, what if this he stops playing video games and his 
teens and becomes an amazing programmer and you've got the next you know yeah developer out of like just the computer learning that does happen and it does yeah and i'm not saying that video games are causing people to like to do crazy shit like yeah. like shoot up schools but I, there has to be yeah some psychological byproduct right just... of, of pulling the trigger virtually yeah not having a consequence yeah Yeah, and there has to be and the same thing with movies and and books and yeah you know and that you don't like take up arms in the street because you're like that's wrong you know because you like kind of just see it happen so much that you're just like yeah it's just kind of how the world is you know like that kind of desensitization to that kind of stuff happening i think i smoked some weed one day man i was thinking about all this stuff but there's that really uh it's like the military one I don't know. It's like Call of Duty that we are that, trying to build. Yeah, and we're like training them. They're paying to like they're paying us <laughs> to learn how to do this and like be good at it. And then, and then yeah, you know, and, like they buy maps. I mean, that's what the military does. Control know? system that. Yeah. So when that technology comes around, yeah. that would totally be if 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 there was a remote controlled, you know, way to do warfare like that, yeah. it would definitely be. Why wouldn't they pick control at least similar, at least something similar? I'm not saying that they're going to use an Xbox game controller. Yeah, but why not? (laughs) (laughs) This old one, like his dad dies and he was a great toy maker and his uncle takes over. But like instead of building like nice toys, he builds military toys Mm -hmm. that can like drop bombs and stuff. And then part of that, and this was like an old movie, I think from the 90s or 80s. And I think that's crazy too, man. Like back to art and like some of the, you know, like Star Wars and stuff, like they have these ideas and they make them, you know, like in a movie. And even though the movie's not real, but like it becomes real, you know, and that's what we grow up. Well, it, it kind of is that ring. Plant the vision. The vision. You know, and like even in sales, you know, or development or something like that's why they get artists to like render a building, you know, like imagine this, shape you know, the future. Yeah. And I think that like, well, it's powerful. Yeah, <laughs> like, you yeah. can use that for good or for evil, but yeah. I think We're for art to, to use it. Yeah. Of whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it imagery is very, very powerful. Music is yeah. very, very powerful. Yeah. As I think the thing about film music's crazy too just how because you have these artists you know that sing in different languages or or different you know they have their native language and then they go sing somewhere you know then they don't know what they're saying but they feel it you know they can tell the, the emotion or whatever is in there and then sometimes seeing you know when i've traveled like to another what that words actually mean they're just singing it you know <laughs> and like but there's some, you know, emotion in there, power or whatever it is. That's crazy. Yeah. And just how, I don't know, you know, when you listen, I did find out there was a French word, you know, when you listen to like a song and it gives you like chills, mm-hmm. there's a word for it. What is it? <laughs> I can't remember. It's a French. Yeah. I don't know. The future will be interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, it will. Yes, it will. I look forward to it. I'm an optimist. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have to be. Just because I've had, like, you know, life has been a crazy ride. 
but then reading has helped me because it's like, yeah, man, your thoughts, like you really got to like learn how to control them, you know, or not, or not let them control you all the mm-hmm. time. And it's weird how like, I don't know, just like interacting with people even, you know, like something, I think they mean it, you know, and it's just really hard for me to like get that. Like sometimes I do, and you know, but it's just something that like is lost on me. <laughs> And it's hard, but, you know, for other people, like, oh, man, he's just being, that's just the way he is, you know, you in your brain, you know, and you make up this whole scenario, which it's not even true, <laughs> you know, but you convince yourself that it is, and you just have to, like, let it go, but, but then I don't know, maybe with social media, too, you know, it's like we convince ourselves that there's all this, you know, say people are depressed now because all you see is good stuff, you know. Yep, I mean triggers from notifications and all that kind of stuff yeah. and that the people developing depression and because they're using these devices and they're the same thing like if you're smoking weed or drinking beer too much you know excessive triggering of yeah the synapses in your head real thing yeah <laughs> real thing. yeah that one <laughs> catches me or it's also like, man, you're like oversharing. This is just social media. You know? <laughs> Most of the time, my reaction yeah. is you're yeah. oversharing, dude. Just show me a picture. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> What'd you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> but it's weird, you know, and the same with art. Sometimes, like, you know, we don't depict like poverty and, you know, struggle and things like that. But sometimes when you do that's like it makes you stop and really look at it you know but it's not necessarily what people want to see and I think that's like crazy too because like the art you know they're just very like stoic almost even sad or like melancholy or something and for me it's hard to I love his work because I it's an emotion but it's not one that I want to be confronted with every day you know but it's powerful because it, like, you see the emotion in it. But I don't, I wouldn't want to hang it in my room. <laughs> There's a that same thing exists with music. Yeah. Too. I uh, the more I've grown, reading helped me a lot with this. Realizing the the mantras that are kind of actually self-destructive. Yeah. And, like, stuff that, like, I thought was cool, stuff that I thought was great art or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, because they're feeling, you know? And it's like, okay, yeah, they're feeling. And then then realizing, like, yeah, but I'm saying, like, when I repeat the lyrics of this song, I'm saying in first person yeah. stuff that is not true to me or what yeah. I want, these yeah. things, and you're not going to play it in my radio every day. Right. <laughs> Uh, because I've realized that the yeah to put you in a certain like mind place or something I listen to a lot of just like stuff without lyrics a lot lately yeah I usually do that when I paint or Helps when me think. I'm working yeah just kind of the repetitiveness you know mm-hmm. and I, some people like just don't get it but I can't listen to like lyrics because it I try to listen to them and I'm not focused on Same. what I'm doing They'll be playing music <coughs> to the world about how bad your life is, dude. Grow up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that a lot of the times when I hear some of this stuff, I'm just yeah. like, pity party. <laughs> yeah. 
But it's true, you know, like sometimes I forget, <clears throat> but sometimes I'll, it's getting opinion on. Yeah. It's just not something I need to listen to every single day. Right. Like, don't put it over a major key <laughs> yeah. and trick me into singing something sad over yeah. again. Because, like, that's not the kind of, like, mantra I want to have in my life. But, like, a truly, like, you know, um, a person, somebody talking about a very specific pain, whether it's a loss of a loved one, yeah. uh, you've been cheated on, you you've lost a dog you've lost i mean whatever it is like some kind of specific pain yeah and i think that there is great value in that type of art it's actually physically there but there's another voice in the room saying the same thing making them feel like you know it's okay yeah to kind of like feel this way for a moment and just like process it yeah and sometimes like when you've had like a really terrible struggle and you get right yeah so i think i think that has great value now if the song is like every day sucks poor me poor me you know it's like all right come on i don't don't want that out there you know pop artists aren't doing it yeah because sometimes like you know there's stuff that i want to say or or that i need to process or even like heal from you know like something some trauma that i have but i don't really know how to like do it you know and like i'm like but at the same time like the few times that i've been like brave enough to do that and put it out and explain it you know sort of like hey this is what i'm dealing with and this is what came out of that like not everybody gets it the purpose has been um to save one life with it even if it's my own yeah you know kind of like putting yourself out there processing it like a lot of my favorite stuff I've ever created was a way to process some stuff. Yeah. That. I play the song. I did it. Yeah. I always feel that's got to be weird for artists in general, like singers, even like. Having to sing the same song ever again? Yeah. Can you imagine being like Rolling Stones and like you wrote about a girl that you like don't uh, yeah, want to yeah. think about <laughs> yeah. and then you have to sing that damn song over for the and rest over of your and life over again because uh, into, you have to hear those words again <laughs> think about that girl who you just really don't want to think about yeah. or, or that family member you lost yeah and then too like just you know like your experiences change and you change and you know like you want to go in a different direction, but everybody... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Unless your guitar changed the vibe up just enough to get them out of the main conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I feel like it's got to be frustrating, too, you know, like, still trying to express yourself, and people aren't moving past mm-hmm. that, that stuff I've wrote, and I was like, man, I never... I would not have written a song like that today. Yeah. <laughs> I just would not have done it. Like, musically, lyrically, I just yeah. wouldn't do it, like that like knowing what event happened the song find that sometimes like i'll make work and i don't even know why sometimes i feel like it's just an idea in the ether that like i pull out and you know here it is but then later like come back to it or like sketches like old sketches sometimes and sketchbooks you know look look through and like i don't know what i was doing but like I'll find a meaning in it <laughs> you know like why did I make this like what made what compelled me to make this and I don't know man like it's something I've just left open-ended you know but maybe because they say you know 
sometimes the universe just like gives us things and you're not supposed to know what it is yet. You're just like the vessel for it. Mm-hmm. And more and more, like I truly sort of believe that. Like there's been a couple times where like I was just compelled to like do a certain thing. I don't know why. And like even when in time and to make it a reality or to make it, and I don't know why, you know, and, and like some of them still sit with me. But then eventually one day the person comes, you know, and like, I need that, like that, that one's mine, you know, or like, I just keep new meaning, but I extract like something new from, remember I used to draw like nudes, like bodies all the time, but I'd never draw the heads. And I don't know if it was just like something I figured out, like I always thought faces were kind of hard, but they're not impossible. Like I can draw them and I've drawn some, but I would never draw them. On these and I'd always draw f- females in like a physical sexualized form and not ever thinking about the person and their brain and their face <laughs> and it but but then I really had to like ask ask myself that and it was something I wasn't aware of you know I was just doing it so sometimes things like that happen I don't know if it you know happens in music because I don't really make that much music but but I know you can definitely like, you know, you can hear something and like, I remember exactly the moment that I heard that and where I was at and who I was with. You asked me earlier, one of the best books I ever read, Your Brain on Music by Dr. Daniel Levitin, another okay. psychologist book, um, up the vein of Robert Greene. Okay. You would love so, it. Let me um, write it down. Your Brain on Music by Dr. Daniel Levitin. I think he was a CEO or vice chairman of Columbia Records. Ended up getting his PhD in psychology and did all kinds of um, work. I mean, years of studying. His initial question was what makes a song a famous or a household, as, <laughs> as one does in psychology. Yeah. Um, but he talks about the the time machine that is the effect that we have um, for music. And a lot of it, he argues, is that memory isn't tape recorder. It's uh, impressionist. Yeah. It's, you know, the difference between a photograph and um, Monet. Yeah. Experience, but to really see, like, something I've been wanting to do I just don't know how to put it together and what exactly to do and why I'm doing it but to have people come into a room and experience something you know like 10 or 12 different maybe 10 people but then have them go back and report their experience somehow either maybe they can talk about it maybe they write it down but just to see like what like, how will they report that back? Because everybody's experience is going to be different, you know? What are they taking in? Like, they might all look at the... But it, it would just be weird to, like, see what, you know... If you have ten different people, what are they what are they taking in? Because I find that sometimes, you know, it's just... What I'm, like, focusing on or looking at or, like, person... Other people aren't even, like, paying attention to it at all. Keep it anonymous and then have them all read it and see like okay well who's like that one's mine but who are these other ones yeah so maybe we can put that experiment together yeah, I'd, be down. <laughs> I'd be so down we could do a um we could take like uh and like lead them through like a say uh, they come in the main door at the gallery 
and then you've got that little back room so kind of like kind of have them tour through when they saw out there so when they see it again it'll probably have that it'll probably trigger what the thought was when they were there right you know because kind of like the music experience the time machine experience we were talking about yeah and uh then you could uh, drum pads on it and faders and knobs that's sweet i thought it'd be fun to do some kind of uh, multimedia presentation where uh, we timed the sound or the music i love sound effects personally um with um with whatever visual yeah with whatever visual and so so that way like when a projection changes we could you could have like a manual fade in or yeah. whatever we want to code it to only work with what you have it's a, just a midi controller so uh, it'll, it'll work with what you're using um i use mad mapper mad mapper but i think they have like they're keep developing their software so i think they have like timestamps and stuff now too that you can like midi map and i don't know I like just getting into it now, but but yeah, man, it's getting cool. I think that would be the whole thing. You know? I know, right? The food yeah. aspect. Yeah. I have a friend, he puts like vanilla extract into his paintings, <laughs> which That's I thought was kind cool. of a cool idea, you know? That is cool. Or like I had, remember my sister telling me like her boyfriend would give her like a scarf, but he'd like spray, you know, some things that smell good to some people don't. What yeah. a fantastic experiment that would be. Yeah. Give everybody a scarf when they show up for the, the experience walking through and have everybody send it something differently. Yeah. So it's like a total like look. Of, you have to have an open-minded crowd. Yeah. That would be hilarious. Right? You get one. mad the whole time. <laughs> one girl's like, this is amazing. It smells like coconut and pineapple. Yeah. I love this art. The other person was like, eh, I thought the art was okay. Yeah. I couldn't get the stupid stench of work because this is where my mom's from, like growing up. And they didn't have like a good waste management system, you know? So a lot of times people just throw trash in the streets or like piss in the street or whatever. So it'd smell like trash kind of, you know? But it like, it reminded me of, that was what I associated with that. So I remember we were here because <laughs> <laughs> of the trash smell. but. But for some reason, like, I don't, even though it's not a pleasant smell, like, it makes me think of that and actually gives me, like, present art, you know, photographs, whatever they are sometimes. And it was my own, you know, thing that I was trying to capture or present, which is weird sometimes because sometimes it's super personal for me. But, and they, like, take it, you know, or they'll buy it, but it has nothing to do with, like, what I had, what I put into it, you know, it's now like what they're getting from it, which goes to like art is just like a reflection, you know, like of your own feelings, but, you know. And um, uh, the way that we bond to sight, smell, and sound. Um, so it's like. If I went to a rock concert as a kid and I got in the mosh pit for the first time and instead of having like expose you to it and like you didn't have good memories with your family and listening yeah. to it, like that's you were just I'm gonna branch out today and go try this. Yeah. And like that's the experience you had. And it's not that that's the experience everybody has, but that's right. what one you had. Yeah. So when you go listen to rock music, you're gonna be like, No. Yeah. And then when you go to you know, 
a reggae concert you know and so you get like these serotonin flashes in your brain yeah and you like bond I mean, because it's the first time the kid ever smoked weed or something like that and he's so the synapses are firing his brain right. he's met this cute girl and like he's having just like this wild experience yeah. it's unlike anything he's ever had and he's having the the receptors telling him in his brain that it's amazing it's a great yeah. time and he that kid's gonna love reggae music for the rest of his life <laughs> what about but like if you could map it out for people somehow you know i don't what about like one of those little diffusers like yeah. He had like a little diffuser, like oil, essential oil diffuser yeah. on a timer. And so that way it's like when somebody, or like maybe most stinky feet. <laughs> yeah, like, like those jelly beans, you know? yeah. <laughs> like, the, like the booger jelly beans. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Fresh that cut smells. grass. Yeah. <laughs> and just be able to somehow tie that into the whole experience. Yeah. Now I'm with you. You ever see a, what is it? Is it something billion dollar movie? Is it? It's not Bill and Ted. It's a... Up into and it's got like a uh, basically like an oxygen tube underneath your nose and it gives you smell. And it's, uh, yeah. it's really funny. It's cool. kind of the vein of what we're talking about. So yeah, that's a wacky movie. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I don't at the same time. Just yeah. in case. If you could ever truly create that sensation, you know, where it's like multi-sensory, like touch, taste, see, like sight, smell, like what you hear, like. That'd be insane, man. Mm-hmm. But then it would just like depend, you know, because like you said, everybody's experience is different. You know, where some people might like people fresh cut grass. <laughs> My dad used to whip me with a belt if I didn't mow the lawn. Yeah. Kind of experience. It's like, oh yeah. man, didn't mean to throw you back to that. Yeah, but that's what I think is interesting with art, because that's what like sometimes happens. You know, mm-hmm. people see something and like, man, and I like try to ask them most then and it's like okay it's you know it's a pig in water what's the big deal but then the story attached to it was like every day these pig thing because we can create our own story but there also might be a story already like attached to it which i think is like was crazy i had this movie idea like about maybe having a piece of artwork and you just tell the story of the artwork, but throughout the, throughout its lifetime, which maybe will span multiple human lifetimes, you know. But like beginning with the artist, and like, maybe like the family dies and they fight over it or something, you know, and like something dramatic happens and then it ends up going to this place. Sounds but how, like a great <coughs> movie. I would watch it. Yeah, <laughs> but how it would like, you know, how did this artwork affect and like what were all the stories attached? to this singular piece, you know, which happens a lot. Like most of us get rid of it. I don't want, you know, or like we need to sell this piece. Like we're going bankrupt, you know, <laughs> like this is grandma's Picasso. Let's sell it and like, we'll be okay again. But, you know, but that came all the way back to like, why did he make it? But it'd be an interesting universe. Like art is still one thing that they can't really regulate, you know, like, they're gonna regulate farming. They're gonna regulate cannabis production. I mean, people always do it illegally, but like, I mean, they can tell me to take out a nude out of a business office, but they can never tell me like, don't paint nudes. You know? I mean, maybe they could, but <laughs> they could try. Yeah, but you're still this much, you know? And like, if you paint a flower painting, you have to do it this way specify what flower it is like that's not gonna happen yeah god i hope not (laughs) (laughs) 
but it's weird like farming you would think like you could just we've been doing this for a long time <laughs> yeah. it's, been, it's been a good one it's been uh really easy i've had a lot of fun cool there's some um, good conversation <laughs> i'd love to keep doing this with you and have you on many more times yeah man sounds good um, maybe before you go tell everybody what i i i on instagram right and then that's also the website name right www dot b a h r i i i dot com dot com yeah i'm about to upload that store the store yeah the virtual cool. store from the last show and then if you had to leave one piece of it <laughs> right, where have i seen this i was like i know this <laughs> i was like 